This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. Here we go, Monday, live at the gallery inside Ocean Casino Resort. This is the sports book. Uh, sports, we are at the sports book. This is the Sports Bash Live on 97.3 ESPN. I'm your host, Mike Gill. Ryan Rothstein from the Philadelphia CityCast is sitting in for the PT today. We'll take you until 6 o'clock tonight. we got so much happening, man. This place is rocking and rolling. The gallery, bar book, and games. Ocean Casino Resort this football season. Cheers your favorite drinks while cheering on your favorite team. Go to the OceanAC.com for more information. Must be 21 or older to play a gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, so we're here at the Sportsbook. After watching the Eagles on Saturday night, I would imagine um, you didn't get much from that. But uh, the Phillies weekend, all right? I want to start with the Phillies, man. I want to start with the Phillies because when we talked on – I guess it was Friday's show. We were over at Garden State Brewery. What a great crowd that was. Hollis Thomas was great. The That's crowd awesome. was great. We gave away the trip to Washington, Philly sports trips. It was a – I mean, we packed that place. That place was absolutely packed on Friday. We had a really good time. We hung out afterwards and watched, like, the Phillies up to uh, Bryce Harper's first at bat. But, you know, a lot of the conversation had been about the attendance, and I had said, I want to see 35. They didn't get 35 on Friday, but they did get there on Saturday. I didn't see what the attendance was yesterday, but are people starting to come around now on this Phillies team? And then they lose yesterday, and that was kind of like a stinker, but you got shut out by the Pirates. But I don't know. Are, are people starting to buy in, man? You, I know you've been like, uh, it's not a baseball town, and I agree. Yeah. I have said this for years. Philadelphia is not a baseball town. It is a front-runner town in that sport. Oh, I, I absolutely think that's the case. And uh, first of all, I'm I'm excited to be with you, man. It's been a while since you and I have uh, have done this together officially. In, it's like in riding this... a bike. Is it okay? We'll find out. Yeah, we will. We will. Uh, I'm sure the text board will let us know. They uh, they always do. Hopefully, this bike has some training wheels. But uh, now, listen, I, I talked about this over the weekend that. It's a bandwagon town. Like, Phillies fans Is it are... a bandwagon town for all sports or just the baseball team? Yeah, it's That's a good question, right? I, I think it's fair. Because, like, the, the, the hockey team drew until basically they could draw no more. Oh, yeah. And up until they said, you know what, we've had enough, enough's enough. But right, you... but they had some bad teams and they still filled the building. Exactly. Right? It's just recently that the hockey team isn't. The Sixers... That's where it's interesting. I mean, they... They've been selling out for about five years now. Oh, yeah. 2018-2019, Sixers were number one in the NBA in attendance. Mm -hmm. Last year, they were third. I think uh, one other year, they were second. Whatever. Top five, as you said, is probably the easy way to say that. Uh, And we know the Eagles sell out no matter what. Yeah, the Eagles, this is NFL is king in the entire country, as well as here in Philadelphia and the Philadelphia area. So, fine. Uh, but you look at average ticket prices, Sixers games last year, 61 bucks. Phillies games, 61 bucks. People are going to the Sixers games. So no disrespect to people that have come upon hard times, uh, whatever the case may be. I understand and respect that. But there's still plenty of people out there, Mike, that are choosing not to go to these Phillies games. There's too many empty seats. Yeah, like I've heard the laundry list of excuses. Yes. I get the cost, and I'm not knocking anybody who can't afford to go. And if that's your reasoning, 
I'm 100% okay with that. Same. But the rest of the reasons I can't get on board. Now, I don't know. Have they turned the corner now? Are people believing? It doesn't feel like it. What about this weekend? They they, they were 30-plus the whole weekend. That's what I'm saying. Well, they were Saturday. 30, yeah, yeah. No, they were 30,000 on Friday. Right. I think they were 38,000 on Saturday. I didn't see yesterday's attendance. I'll, I'll pull it up right now. Uh, Saturday was 37,000. Uh, yesterday, I did not see yesterday. What was it, Josh? 33,000. Okay. So they got over 30,000 three straight days up there. So... That's three days, though, MG. I know, but I'm saying, like, against the Pirates, because one of the things you're, oh, I'm not going to watch them play against a bad Pirates team. Like, I don't know why that matters. If you're supporting the team, you're supporting them against Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, St. Louis, New York, Atlanta, right. anybody. And, like, and how many fans that say that, oh, bro, I'm not going against Pittsburgh. How many of those people can name more than one player, maybe one player, on the Pittsburgh Pirates? <laughs> right? well, I think that's the point, though. Yeah, exactly. They don't want to go because they don't think the Pirates are very good. Wow. There's nobody exciting to see. Um, you know, the Phillies didn't put out their A lineup yesterday. I, I, like, to me, see, this is, to, this is like, if that's the reasons why you're choosing about a game, you are going for entertainment purposes. You're not a sports fan. And that's okay, but you could just say, I'm not really that big of a sports fan. I'm going more for the other things. I want to see home runs. I want to see, I want to be entertained. I'm there to see, uh, as you said, who the hell is on the Pirates? I have no idea. I don't care. I'm not going to see the Pirates. I'm going to support my team because I'm a sports fan. Exactly. You're going to see the Phillies, who have the third best record in all of Major League Baseball since June 1st. They are the third best team on the planet since they fired Joe Girardi. Bryce Harper has uh, been injected into our veins here, back into the, the lineup after two months of being out. This well, do you think successful. That's, you I, think that's what it took? Because okay, so I hope so. Thirty. It was thirty thousand three fifty five Sunday, thirty seven thousand one hundred five on Saturday, and thirty thousand five forty six on Friday night. So the Saturday game was the biggest one they had. Uh, Friday was slightly bigger than Sunday. But you got the return of Bryce Harper Friday night. So did Bryce Harper bring out 10,000 fans? Because they would be getting about 20,000. That, that's what it seems, right? I, and that's why I think this is an interesting conversation, really mainly because Bryce Harper is back. He returns Friday. I mean, listen, maybe I'm being a little bit nitpicky here with this comment. That should have been a sellout. Friday should have been a sellout. Bryce Harper's back for the first time in two months. I was looking for 35. Right. I, and I got 30. I got a fine, little short. Fine. That's a realistic answer. I think I said 30. I predicted 28, whatever. Uh, but there's a difference between realistic expectations and really what should be happening. This, the bank should be close to selling out, if not selling out, every home game the rest of the way. No excuses. Okay. So your question to me before the show is, why is the city not on board with the Phillies? Yes. And then I said, well, I don't know. I, I think maybe they are now. Did this weekend indicate that they are on board? Now, here's the problem. They play the Pirates, and now they're on the road out west. Now you get these games at 9.50 at night, yeah. 10.30 at night, yeah. and it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. And then the Eagles start next week, and it's yeah. like the Phillies run into this problem where they're up against the Eagles, they're out west. I, I don't know, man. I, I'm interested to see what happens when they come home. And then let's – just for bleeps and giggles say they go out west and have a 500 road trip they got okay. arizona coming up right 
Yeah, they have Arizona for San three. San Francisco. San Francisco for three, and then they're back home for... Uh, so you get a six-game road trip. Let's yeah. just say they go three and three okay. out west. All right. Is that going to make people say, eh, they lost to the Pirates, they went three and three? Uh, I'm not really on board still. I don't, I, I, it it's really matter. hard to get a read on this team, man. It's, it's, it's well, it's not hard to get a read. I, I think it's hard to get a read on why so much of the Philly uh, sports fan base is so reluctant, right? I, I look at what this team has done this season, and, and I'm sick and tired now as we approach September 1st. I'm sick and tired of, oh, well, they've disappointed me back in 2015, back, you know, two years ago, last year. It's a different season. Are we fans or not? If the answer is yes, you have one of the best teams on the planet right now, the way they've been playing. You have the star power. You have the name recognition. What's the problem? I agree with that comment that I don't care that I got disappointed a couple of years ago. I don't have the same players on my roster that I had a couple of years ago. I know why I got disappointed a couple of years ago. Quite frankly, if you were disappointed, that's your fault. Those teams were not good enough. Yeah, but the way they faltered, I, I understand disappointment, but I don't understand it as it relates to your reluctancy this season. That's what I'm saying. Right. I understand why those teams failed. They weren't good enough. So I'm not going to say this team's going to fail because a team four years ago failed. Exactly. The roster's not the same. I don't have the same players on it. So, yes, I get it. Oh, I've seen this story already before. No, you haven't. This team, you know, this team has a better record over the last 30 games 22 and 8 than any part of the 2011 Phillies team that won 102 mm-hmm. games. Right, 102 and They're 60. on a better 30 game streak <laughs> than that team went on over a 30 game span at any point during the season. I mean, to me, it's getting to the point where it's embarrassing. What more does this team have to do? And then it's all the street. They lost to the Pirates yesterday. You're going to lose games. They won the series. You're going to lose games. We said it on Friday. Take two out of three. I can't complain. I don't care that you got shut out yesterday. I'm expecting you to lose games. You cannot win every single game, every single series. You just can't do it, man. No, no team in Major League Baseball does that, right? So it's just been and, – and you know what? Maybe, maybe – the city and the fan base turns it around moving forward as far as their uh, interest and showing up to the to the ballpark, Mike. But I'm still disappointed in the month of August, right? If you don't want to show up in June, if you don't want to show up in July, okay, fine. Don't love that, obviously, but I can I can appreciate and understand it. August, there is no excuse for the attendance numbers that this uh, team had. Well, all right. You go back to the four-game series against the Reds. Monday night, 19,166. Tuesday night, 19,166. I find it hard to believe that they the exact same attendance yeah, that's both a days. Little, that's a little sketchy. <laughs> sketchy uh, reporting. Wednesday, 20,220 uh, 20, on Wednesday. And Thursday, they're up to 24-4. Okay. Friday, they went to 35-46. Saturday, 37. Sunday, 30,000. So you are seeing it creep up, up, up each day there. It went from 19 to 20 to 24 to 30 to 37, and then back to 30. I guess the big thing will be they play the Giants in Arizona, and then they will come back home and face a bunch of bad teams. So one of the problems we keep hearing is, 
well, they're playing bad teams. I don't want to see these. You know, I don't want to watch games against the Reds and the Pirates. You don't want to watch your team get wins. So right. then, right, you're not a fan <laughs> of your team. What are you you're more about? concerned about the other team. That exactly. doesn't make any sense to me. No. But that, but that to me, it kind of goes to where. We both are saying this really isn't a baseball town. You're not no. really a baseball fan. You're more of a you, you want to see the Phillies play. Which sure, would I rather see the Phillies play Cincinnati or a game against the Mets with Jacob Degrom pitching? Of course, I want to go to the game with Jacob Degrom pitching and watch the Phillies Mets. It's of a course. much better atmosphere. But that's but, you're you're a, you're a knowledgeable. Obviously, we do this for a living. You're an, you're a, a a diehard, right? Just for the sake of this conversation. So yeah, if you're a huge fan, then you pick and choose your spots with the opponent. But we're talking about a fan base that's majority average to below average. Not baseball knowledge. I'm not trying to be uh, you know critical. But a bandwagon town when it comes to baseball. If you look at the past 15 years attendance-wise, I'm not going to bore the audience with numbers right now. But the, audi- uh, the audience, well, it's true, audience and the fans don't jump on board until the season's over, right? Like, if you look at team success, the attendance numbers reflect the success the following year. And I know that's sort of a Captain Obvious statement, but they don't jump in that same season. This is one of the best teams in baseball right now. The fans don't really care. Well, I contend, my thought is this, and I think you saw a, a, an example of this this weekend. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, has anybody all year seen jeans, jeans? Best thing ever. I said that to my dad the other day. I was like, dude, this is awesome. We need to go get a jean jacket and get into that uh, fan section all immediately. Right. But when was the last time we saw something like the Wolf Pack? Right. And all those like player groups is when the young people were going out to the ballpark, the walk-up crowd getting involved i think that's what you saw is finally on friday saturday and sunday you got that young walk up that said hey let's go to the phillies game this is fun this is something to do yeah and you saw the jeans jeans and the different younger groups out there that is when you go from twenty thousand to thirty thousand when you can get that group of walk up that come out and that is when i start to see all right, the town has now jumped on board this Phillies team. Now, will yeah. they stay? That's the question. That's the question. Uh, I, and I hope they just still show up, right? So that's great. Jeans, jeans, a really nice weekend as You're far as You're going with attendance. a jean jacket. Oh, yeah, I'll rock a jean jacket right now. I'm not scared. I saw the guy with, like, overalls on, suspenders. Yeah, that's that's a bold look. That's a bold decision. It's a I, little, I can't pull that It's a little off. too much for me. It's, I think it's a lot. A lot of too much. They had a lot of jeans <laughs> jeans there. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> they did. I'm on board, man. Would you go with me and rock a jean jacket? I'm out. You're out. I'm not wearing the jeans jeans. I can't tell you the last time I wore a pair of jeans. Me Here, neither. I, out of my whole collection. Me too. You know? And I used to be big, strictly jeans. Me too, yeah. It was last fall and winter that I, I went away from the dungaree. You made that decision yep. to move on in your life. I did. Yeah, that, that fashion look is out. Yeah, and you know what? I only wore jeans. For, for a good like period Like in the wintertime? Time, yeah. When it started to go from shorts weather to jeans weather, yeah, I only <laughs> jeans went weather, pants. Right? <laughs> when I didn't wear slacks, I always wore jeans. And, and last, last fall slash winter, I don't remember wearing a pair of jeans the whole time. I don't think I've I've worn a pair of jeans in maybe five or six years. I forget what the official word of what the pants that I wear are called, but that's what I wear. Not not a slack. Um, 
The PT goes slack. Yeah, PT's a big slacker. Big know? time. <laughs> Huge slacker. Yeah. yeah. He goes with a khaki slack and or a, a blue. <laughs> right. He likes to wear the blue. Yes. Yes, and the polo. Yeah. I, I realized this year, because I, too, had a pair of blue pants, and I found out that wearing blue pants is a really tough match. Typically, you have to go uh, solid, solid white with a blue. Yeah, white's not good for a guy of my build. Okay, yeah, then you're you're gonna so find like, some challenges. Like you can yeah. wear that white shirt with the blue pant, you're good. Yes, yeah, but I, decide, I can't. Yeah, I decided to go khaki short, but I can rock a blue. Yep. Yep. So I'm really limited. Yeah, you're limited. You have to take out blue. You have to take out jeans. You know, you you struggled to you can't uh, go black with blue. It's a little bit of a clash. No. Yeah. You know? No, that's a bad look. Normally, you're going like maroon. Maroon pants? No, maroon shirt. Okay. With like a blue pant, right? I don't know. It looks, feels like a, a football uniform a little bit. That well, way. that's what I'm saying. They're the only colors that really kind of go together. If you're wearing the, if the, if the color of your pant is like a navy blue, yeah, you're really limited with the selection of what else you're going to go with it. Yeah, I, I love a orange. I'm not wearing orange. No, I, mean, I see goodness. the PT wears orange. Unless you're going trick or treating, I'm I'm out on the orange. I'm a big fan of the olive green pan. That's that's you, bold. You don't like it. It's not aggressive. It's just you have options with the green, especially in the summer. An maybe olive green pant. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's what I'd I have do to now. see it. I replaced my jeans with an olive green pant. Yeah, <laughs> no, I I went with a gray last year. <laughs> gray. I had a gray, like a slate. It's depressing. Yeah, well, it's a good it's a good match. It gets the job done. You can match with the with yeah. the gray. That's a big part of this. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad we had that conversation. That was an important one. It really was. <laughs> Did you see this Phillies? Somebody mocked up a edition of the Phillies jerseys. Did you see this on Twitter? Yes. Hey, I, and I said I can get behind these, dude. I'm all I'm all on board for that. You know, I'm not a big fan of the Philly uniform. The Phillies red uh, pinstripes. The white. Home uniform, I'm not a fan of. Well, the the uniforms in baseball go with the brand. Boring. <laughs> I mean, let's just keep it real. The jerseys in Major League Baseball suck. I mean, what, what what's a cool uniform right now? Or even uh, a cool hat that you're like, you know, fan fandom aside. I like that hat. I like those colors. Oh, there's some good baseball caps. Caps? I mean, jerseys I can get more on board with you on. Okay, but let's focus on that. I think there's some good quality caps out there. But I think the Phillies, I don't like the the, the white with the red pinstripes. I, but the one the guy came up with. Big fan of that. He substituted the red and went with the maroon, but kept the, like, modern look instead of the old maroon look. And then he had the baby blue as like the stars over top, like the eyes for the dots of the eyes. It's it's a fresh look, man. Yeah, I, I like them. It's a, it's a modern look. It's a hey, we're here to party and have some fun, but also get the job done. I like them. You know, I like all of them. I'm not in in the Phillies. You know, the Phillies are one of the few teams. I don't know the answer to the question that their uniform on the road does not say their city. Well, okay. Yeah, this is news to me. What, every other team has the city? Most teams, when they're wearing their road uniforms, it will say the city. Like yesterday, if you watched the game, the Pirates jersey said Pittsburgh on them. They didn't say Pirates. They said Pittsburgh. Interesting. And most of the time, 
the road team, like the Yankees. When they're at home, they have the NY on the white pinstripe. But when they're on the road, they wear the gray ones. They say New York. So what's what, what makes us so special and different? I don't know why the Phillies are one of the few teams that they just have Phillies both on the home and the road ones. Weird. Yeah. Uh, I don't get it. But the, the whole uniform topic with baseball and the Phillies is equally frustrating to me as far as the, the product. It, it needs... It needs to get some fun injected into it. Well, I mean, remember the uh, Chicago White Sox tried to wear shorts back in, like, the 70s? You probably wouldn't remember that, but did you ever no. see pictures of them? They wore shorts, and then they had jerseys that had, like, polo, uh, like, collars. They wore jorts? <laughs> Jean shorts? <laughs> <laughs> they had, uh, you look them up, like I'm the Chicago to. White Sox shorts uniforms. They Sox. wore them for, I think, a year. I don't know if they made it the whole year. 1976, I'm getting. Yep. Um, yeah, that I mean, that is just absolutely horrendous. <laughs> but that's my point is, oh what more goodness. can you do? That What do you mean? That? No, but you're like, <laughs> I want, these baseball uniforms don't have any fun. What well, I'm not guy, asking this, to go. This guy went with shorts and a polo. I'm not asking to go high short. I'm just looking for some more color, Mike. That's all. <laughs> like the Houston Astros. Give me something. The 86 anything. Astro Uni. Is that what you're looking for? I like that. Yes. Perfect example there. Huh? A- am I asking too much? Um, no, but, you know, see, it's funny because that Astros uniform kind of came back into style. A lot of high school teams were wearing it in, like, maybe like three or four seasons ago. What? A lot of the yeah. high schools in this area were wearing that jersey. The problem is one does it, then they all start doing it, and then it just goes back out. Like that one right there. Yeah, those Astros jerseys. I think Love that. Mainland had them, Vineland had them, Atlantic City had them, and then the next thing you know, they got rid of them because they kind of went right back out of style. Oh, that's not the only option, though, to improve, right? What's wrong with these people that are creating these these uniforms? I got to talk to someone. Uh, the Sports Bash is brought to you by your Delaware Valley Acura dealers. With new inventory arriving daily, you'll find a new award-winning Acura at your local Delaware Valley Acura dealer. Reserve yours today. Hey, it's the Sports Bash Live, 97.3 ESPN, and we are at Ocean Casino Resort all football season long, and we told you to make sure you download the 97.3 ESPN free mobile app. The app has your chance to win prizes all football season long. Today, we got five pair of tickets to see stained right here at Ovation Hall at Ocean. So go to our website, 97.3ESPN.com, or use the free mobile app to enter to win a pair of tickets. We've got five pair of tickets to go see Stained here at Ocean. That concert is on September the 10th. And on Friday's show, we'll announce the winner of the five pairs of tickets. It's all thanks to our friends here at Ocean. And all season long, we'll have concert tickets, tickets to games, tickets to fun stuff. And our first pair of tickets for this week is Stained here at Ocean. I've seen Stained a few times. You? No, never have. I have a stained jean jacket. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming up, uh, Mike McGarry this hour. We'll get his thoughts on the Phillies weekend. Uh, they took two out of three with the Pirates. I'm okay with that. I know yesterday they came up a little flat. They came up, you know, they, they, they were just flat yesterday. Yeah. They just did not have it. But, again, you can't expect them to win and sweep every single series. But the people were back in the building. Does that mean... You believe. Now, the Eagles are starting to make some roster moves. I got details on that on the other side. I can't take anything from that game, but I'll see what you thought about it. More Sports Bash on the way, 97.3 ESPN.
now. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN, South Jersey's sports leader. 229 Sports Bash, Mike Gill. Ryan Rothstein sitting in for the PT today. Uh, you can check out the Philadelphia City Cast five days a week. Download the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And listen to the Philadelphia CityCast. Talks basically about the betting lines with a focus on the Philadelphia sports teams. The college football season got underway this week. That Nebraska, that whole game, you know, the guy, they go up and then they try to onside kick it in the third. They don't get it. Northwestern ends up coming back. But did you hear the real story in that game? The real story? No, what was it? The internet went out at the oh, stadium there, and yes. they... So this is funny. I was just in Dublin, so I can picture this happening. <laughs> so they basically went on the honor system. They were giving out free beer. The okay. lines were outrageous. But I guess what they were doing was, like, asking you for your name and, like, basically holding a tab for you. Come on. Yeah. How many people do you think went back and paid their tab? Zero. Zero. At that point, you, you take the L and you just give out oh, the free beer. Oh, I think beer. they took the L. Oh, but they definitely did. My point was, could you imagine any scenario of that happening in the States where, like, the Internet went down so you couldn't use a card or they couldn't charge you? Would they stop serving beer or only take cash? What would happen at a West Virginia football game if that happened? Chaos. <laughs> the, the city would literally burn. Uh, I mean, pandemonium. I, I can't imagine what I would do if I was a college student and they were just handing out free beer. I saw the lines were outrageous. I said, "Well, would, would you stand in the line?" That's the problem. The problem is the lines are long either way, but I can't imagine what they are if it's if it's free. <laughs> Once the message started to get out, like, oh yo, they're giving out free beer up there. <laughs> Nobody was watching that game anymore. All of a sudden, there were just lines. The, the it, it was outrageous. The the lines were just everywhere, and it was like, hey, what's your name? Uh, Mike Gill. All right, uh, we'll you put owe you down me. for two. Yeah, how many you want? I'll take three. Right. All right, you're gonna owe me seventeen fifty. All right, seventeen fifty. Yeah, I'll see you in the third quarter. Right. I'll be right back. Yeah, I'll be back as soon as I finish. I promise. But like, I couldn't envision a, a bar in the states being like, "F, the, we can't charge it." Here you go. Here's free beer. It's a, it's a uh, interesting business strategy when you think about it. Not <laughs> oh no, internet! Well, we're just going to give everything out then. Obviously. How did that? How did they come up with this thought? Like, huh? We can't charge. We have no internet, so we can't really charge your card. All right, just take the beer. Yeah, I got right. a great idea. That's nah, screw it. You can have it. That's that's something that would never happen in America. <laughs> exactly. Right. I said this is great. Well, being in Dublin, I can now understand. Like, you know, when I was in Dublin. The Monday that I was there, they had a bank holiday. Have you ever heard of this before? What do you mean? Bank holidays? Don't we have them here? No. We need them. Why? What's a bank holiday? So the concept is every 90 days, they have a bank holiday. 
that the okay. banks are basically like, oh, we need a day off to like catch <laughs> up and so that people can go drink on Sunday. That people that work at the bank. So it's basically like, <laughs> yeah, it's basically like every 90 days, three months, you have something to look forward to. Oh, so everyone's off of off of work oh, completely. It's it's a bank holiday, so like all wow. businesses are shut down wow. because none of the banks are operating. That's amazing. That's and they amazing. do it every ninety days, and the and the guy was explaining it to me as a way for you to always have something to look forward to. Like I know in ninety days I'm going to get this day off, and I can. <laughs> so on Go get free beer on Sundays, everybody's out getting trashed. <laughs> right, right. I mean, yeah. it's one thing to have like a Sunday fun day here, but you you know you're cutting off kind of early to make yeah. sure you get. They're raging on Sundays there because, like, it's a bank holiday. That's a beautiful you gotta thing. Look that up, though. I will. It's hilarious. I, will. I was like, wait a second. It, what is it? He's like, it's a bank holiday. The banks just shut down so that everybody can go out and, and party. I, that, that has to be instituted. I mean, we need four-day work. It always weeks, coincides anyway. with the Internet going down. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. All right, so how much, of the, uh, how much of the Eagles did you watch? Not much, dude. I mean, it was an absolute. I'd rather watch paint dry than watch that game. It was bad. I mean, they didn't play anybody. Now, I don't have a problem. I'm going to preface this by saying I don't have a problem with them playing nobody. But I will say this. How can you not have a problem with that? But go I, ahead. I will say this. If Tom Brady can play, right, if Tom Brady's out there playing, mm-hmm. don't you have to consider why am I not playing my guy? Yeah, but Tom Brady's playing because he took he took two weeks off to get more plastic surgery. Isn't that what happened? Yes. <laughs> he didn't practice, so he wasn't practicing at all. The Eagles substitute the preseason with practice and joint practices. So I hear you, but no one's taking it seriously unless guys weren't around to practice during the week. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I tweeted this out. Like, the, the NFL needs to just shut down preseasons. This 100%. is 100%. They're a joke. The, dude beyond a joke and then you know what really ticks me off i see people on twitter i even see like rich eyes and no disrespect rich if you're listening but he tweeted something out on a play a couple of weeks ago in the preseason this this player needs to be suspended the rest of the preseason fine suspended a regular season game it was a legal block i think it was a, a cut block yeah a it was that block. play on thibodeau yeah it's like dude they're playing football you can't send these guys out there to rip people's heads off and tell them to go half speed, right? Like either play football or don't play football. Look, and I, they haven't been playing football. No, and I said, look, the, I'm not one of those people that says, oh, my God, the Eagles look horrible. They, wow. they The Rams didn't play their starters for any preseason game last year, and they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> there you go. So the precedent is set. You don't need to play these games. And we had Hollis Thomas on Friday, and he said it. He said, nobody plays them. Every team looks bad in September because they're using those games to get ready. He's like, these guys aren't ready, but I can't be critical of your team not doing it because nobody's doing it. Now, I will say, like I said, Tom Brady did play in the third preseason game, and there were some other starting quarterbacks. Uh, Fields was out there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There was a couple starters that were out there that you're like, well, I mean, not that I care that Hurts played or didn't play. I'm just saying, like, I'm thinking in my head, like, what is the reason that you're saying my guy's so important that I can't play him where – the Brady's, Buccaneers are yeah. saying Tom Brady can play. It's it's just an absolute embarrassment as far as the product as a whole. It's, it's bad. I don't even put any. I put no weight into it. I barely want to watch. I I I I angrily watch the preseason. <laughs> like seriously. Well, I, if 
they put no weight into it, and I agree. I don't think these teams are really using these games for all that much. No. What are they using to evaluate? Like, Jaquaski Tark got released today, mm-hmm. okay? Did he get released because he didn't play well in the games? Did he get released because they just don't see a spot? Like, what was the I – mean, maybe in practice, maybe the joint practices, but what are they utilizing their opinion on? Like, Tart didn't make the team. Yeah. Did he do anything wrong in the games? I don't know. I mean, he played – No, I don't think that's it. You know, I, I, I think it's exactly what you said at the end there, joint practices. Nick Sirianni said it the other day. He said, listen, we put a lot of weight and focus – in all of our assessments and decision-making uh, for all of our, our decisions that we have to make here uh, in the joint practices and the regular practices. We watch that film, uh, and that's how we assess everything. I don't even think the preseason matters at all, right? Like, it, it really doesn't make a difference. Here's- Jason Huntley, by the way, had the touchdown run the other night. He got cut today. Oh, there you go. And Allen, he had the 55-yard touchdown catch last week against the Browns, right? He's the popular Devin scorer. Allen, yeah. Yeah, Devon, uh, Devin Allen. If he doesn't make the team, that says it all, that it doesn't matter. Right. Well, we, and we've seen these examples in the past. Paul yeah. Turner, you know, he was the, the you know, the, uh, glory uh, – glorified jerry rice in the in the, in the preseason <laughs> yeah. a couple of years ago and he didn't make the team so um they cut carson strong today too the quarterback he was another guy and and i and well, i haven't he, looked he, he was great at giving out water i mean my goodness he did nothing i mean my, they, nothing they wouldn't even put him in the game the other night and it was like 41 to 3 more and like he, carson week am yeah, i right it was awful <laughs> sports bass live 97.3 espn mike mcgarry from the press of atlantic city i want to get his thoughts on the phillies weekend uh, obviously, the preseason is now over. Uh, we'll have the Eagles, and they open up in Detroit against the Lions, so that'll be your first game. Uh, I take Zippo away from the Eagles game. Zero. Now, they're making some cuts. Also, uh, Mike was very busy this weekend. The battle at the beach. 11 football games over in Ocean City. And uh, I saw, I was at three or four of them. Oh, you went? I called two of them. Oh, okay. So you were there. That makes yep. sense. Yeah. I called the Mainland EHT game on Friday morning. Okay. And I called Red Bank Catholic against St. John Vianney on Saturday night. And that Red Bank Catholic team may be one of the best high school football teams I've ever seen. Really? And I watched Millville yesterday. Millville is really good. Wow. They are legit. I saw my, I saw uh, Saint Augustine get roughed up a little bit, but they played a team that was legit, legit. Wow. Mainland looked good. Did Mainland they? looked good against EHT. That was the over. They beat EHT thirty-seven nothing. I saw Spirit won on a uh, a field yeah. goal. exciting game. So some good games over there. Uh, I know that the battle at the beach is already looking to set up games for next year. See if they have an announcement by the end of the week on that. Should bring well, the Eagles down there. <laughs> I think they were here last year. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Think, yeah. All right, Mike McGarry from the Press of Atlantic City. More sports bash on the way. Now on 97.3 ESPN. All right, coming up a little bit later on, Ryan and I will go through five surprises. Five teams we think will be better and five teams that we think will be worse in the NFL. All right, that'll be coming up in the next hour. 609-403-0973. Ryan Rothstein sitting in for Pete Thompson today. I'm Mike Gill. This is the Sports Bash. Of course, Mike McGarry from the Press of Atlantic City joins us each Monday to take a look back at the weekend that was. And I know, Mike, you were busy all weekend long. I don't know how much of the Phillies you even got a chance to see. How many games in Ocean City were you at? 
Uh, two on uh, Friday, uh, one on Saturday, and two yesterday. So saw plenty of football and had my corner of my eye on the Phillies, basically. <laughs> you know? um, now, I, I said before the break, I called the Red Bank Catholic game. That may have been one of the best high school football teams I've ever seen. Would you yeah, concur? They're the, yeah, they're defending state non-public beat champions. They've got a great tradition and you know, they obviously are a parochial school up in Monmouth County where there's just a lot more people than there are in Atlantic County or Cape May County. So they can draw from a wide, uh, you know, a wide area. And, yeah, they are uh, an outstanding football team, uh, you know, overmatching St. John Vianney on that uh, Saturday night game. Yeah, they were uh, highly impressive, man. That was a good team. And I thought Millville was uh, yeah. they looked loaded yesterday. Yeah, Millville lived up to the hype. There were some questions about Millville. Uh, basically coming in, Dennis Thomas, the head coach last season, he left to become an assistant at Rutgers. Uh, Humberto Ayala is head coach. He was offensive coordinator last year. They also uh, uh, breaking in a new quarterback in Jacob Zamat. So those are two key pieces, two new pieces around a bunch of returnees. But like uh, my story in the paper today and online, you know, they went three and out, three and out, and then boom, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And they were like 75-yard touchdowns. Yeah. And, and Lodzir Brooks, uh, the sophomore who's got Tech Georgia, Texas A&M, Oregon after him, certainly showed why yesterday. He, he put on a show on that field. Yeah, and uh, I called the mainland game. I was pretty impressed with them. You could see some uh, a new look to their offense, a little new wrinkles there. Yeah, uh, you know, they had to make an adjustment, obviously, with uh, the guy who played quarterback last year, Marlon Leslie, transferring to Pleasantville a couple days before the season opener. But they put Cohen Cook in there at quarterback and, and the freshman, John Franchini, and they sort of kind of tag-teamed the position and, and did well. And uh, it says a lot about Cohen Cook's athletic ability. Uh, outstanding basketball player, outstanding baseball player, outstanding football player. That mainland junior might be, you know, the best athlete in the Cape Atlantic League. All right, Mike. Uh, this weekend, we, the conversation has been pretty uh, focused on the attendance. 30,000 all three days against the Pittsburgh Pirates. So have they turned the corner? Do the fans finally believe in the Phillies? Yeah, you know, I think on Friday we said that that uh, attendance number, I said they had to have at least 30,000 for Harper's return. Then they followed up with good crowd Saturday and Sunday. I think people are starting to believe it. It's tough not to believe. What are they? They're like three games up on, on the Padres, four games up on, on the Milwaukee Brewers. I mean, they're in very good shape to make the postseason. Now, we'll see what attendance is like when they come back next Tuesday against Miami. You know, day after Labor Day, school starts. You know, there's a bunch of factors in there. Attendance usually dips in September anyway because of those reasons. But, hey, there's no – the Phillies haven't given you any reason not to believe in them, although this is a, a big trip. Get through this trip, and uh, they might be in pretty good shape to break that postseason, Jinx. We talked in the first segment of the show today, Mike, about how big of a baseball town Philadelphia is. How would you kind of – um, you know, classify Philly as a baseball town or not one? Yeah, I think it's it's definitely a, a, a football town. And it's uh, and first of all, football rules everything except really in, in New York. Now, it might be because the Giants and Jets are down, but you go to New York and, and baseball is right there with, with football. You go to Boston, I think the Patriots, you know, for a long time, the Red Sox were ahead of the Patriots. Now I think it's the Patriots are, are number one, but the Red Sox are 1A. 
you know, New York, I think it's a baseball town. Uh, Philadelphia, I mean, look, the Eagles are one and, and, and the Phillies are two. That doesn't mean, however, when the Phillies don't win, when the Phillies win, they aren't enormously popular. But, uh, you know, I don't know what it is. It just seems to be more centered around football. I think part of that is just the media sports talk show is more geared towards football down in Philadelphia, where in New York, there's an awful lot of baseball talk in Massachusetts and Boston. There's an awful lot of baseball talk here. You know, it seems like the baseball team has to be doing really, really well to sort of, uh, you know, grab its share of the spotlight. Mike, it's good to chat with you here today as I uh, try and fill in for the PT, big shoes to fill. But nonetheless, uh, when you look at this Phillies team as we approach the month of September, what's one concern, right? If I if I have to force you to give one concern that you may have uh, with this ball club, uh, what what are you keying in on? Oh, it's easy. It's it's the health of Sir Anthony and and Wheeler. I mean, Wheeler's the ace of the pitching staff. Sir Anthony's the closer. If they don't get those two guys back, it's going to be a problem. So that, that's basically the health. Now, both of them are pro- supposed to be progressing. Both of them are supposed to return shortly. I think Wheeler's supposed to make that start on September 6th. Sir Anthony is sort of supposed to be back. But that, to me, is the only sort of red flag, uh, you know, sitting right there is the health of, of, uh, of the pitchers. Because if you go into the postseason or try to play down the stretch without your number one pitcher and closer, you know, that, that's going to be an issue. Uh, absolutely. It's, it's hard to disagree with that. I, I look at Wheeler and uh, the injury that, that he's faced with overcoming right now. 15 days on the IL, 15-day IL. You say, okay, not a huge deal, right forearm tendinitis. That concerns me, right? I look at that, and I'm no doctor here. Uh, but that's an injury that you say to yourself, man, that's certainly something that can linger. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? No, I think he did say he anticipates pitching when he's ready, right? Right, right. He's, he's, he expects to make the start on September 6th. I, I, I agree with you. But so far, I mean, you can have to take people at their word. Dave Dombrowski yeah. has kind of... Uh, not brushed it aside, but said it's a minor thing, more precautionary than anything. Rob Thompson said it's more precautionary than anything. Zach Wheeler has said it's more precautionary than anything. So you have to take them at their word. But anytime you hear right forearm tendonitis and you look at his last two starts where, you know, he had some command problems against the Mets, boy, you start start to wonder. But we have to take them at their word right now. And that is that, you know, he is healthy and will be back and, and could have pitched through this stretch, but it's sort of better safe than sorry sort of situation. But again, it, 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 to me, it, anytime you hear those words, it's concerning. Uh, the Phillies are out west, right? Um, they just uh, took two out of three against Pittsburgh. They swept Cincinnati, um, but they're going out west. This is where you get these like 1030 games. Friday night, they're on Apple TV Plus. So... <laughs> 10.30 on Friday night, Apple TV Plus. I mean, they are going to be out of sight, out of mind here for about a week. If they come home 500 on that road trip, will the people be back? Yeah, I, to me, the three and three is what, you know, uh, it, it would make a good road trip. If they come three and three, they're probably going to be able to keep their lead over the Padres and the, and the Brewers or maybe see just a game shaved off that but three and three is what you have to do. You can't go two and four, one and five. Three and three is it. They're going to play in Arizona. Arizona's a tough place to play. There's, there's going to be 25 people in the stands tonight. There's going to be no energy, basically. You know, uh, you know, uh, Arizona's kind of playing out the string. You go up to San Francisco, 
uh, to play the fighting game Kapler's there. Uh, maybe they have a little bit extra motivation to sort of, uh, you know, stick it to the Phillies. Uh, we'll see. And, and you're going to get, uh, you're going to have to face Carlos R- uh, Rondon. He pitches tonight, so he'll pitch on the weekend against the Phillies. So, he, you know, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. But three and three on this West Coast road trip, I think, is, is realistic and what you have to come away with here. Last one for you, Mike. Do you put any stock into any of the NFL preseason games? None. Abs- absolutely none. I wonder why we play them. I-, I don't even watch them anymore. I like watching the first one because it's nice to see, hey, football's back. The uniforms are back. Hey, it's great to see. But any of these games are, um, you know, to me, they're a waste of time. And honestly, I, I look at what happened in New York with Zach Wilson and-, and Kayvon Thibodeau, and I just wonder why are we play in these games. I mean, you have the- a starting quarterback going down on a non-contact injury. You got Thibodeau being rolled over both out three to four weeks. Uh, I'd rather you do the joint practices in a controlled atmosphere there. Hey, put the joint practices on TV. They show college football. They show Alabama scrimmage in itself. They show USC scrimmage in itself. Throw the games on the NFL Network or at night or whatever, the joint practices. Let people watch it and get excited for football and stuff like that. But these preseason games, to me, are just a complete and total waste of time and uh, no reason to pay attention. It's almost insulting to me. Like, if you watch the Eagles game Saturday night, you had the Phillies playing games that count. I, You know, I had the Mets on my TV. They're playing games that count. I like games that count. I'm not going to sit there and watch games that don't count. If you got a game that counts and you're choosing to watch preseason football, well, that's insulting. That insults me. Uh, Mike McGarry from the Press of Atlantic City. Well put, Mike. We will talk to you on Wednesday as uh, he joins us here Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays on the Sports Bash. Thank you, Mike. All right. We'll see you later. Yes, indeed. Uh, That's a good point. It's, uh, you know, when I actually, um, no, I think the Phillies and the Eagles will play Sunday at 1 o'clock at the same time on, on September 11th. They'll play the Lions. The Eagles will. And I don't know who the Phillies play that day, but that's a series right before the Braves. They play the Nationals at home. There might be two people there. (laughs) All right, when we come back, uh, the Eagles have made some roster decisions. What went into some of them? Because there's a couple surprises. John McMullen next. This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. Two of the Sports Bash Live 97.3 ESPN brought to you by the Gallery Bar Book and Games at Ocean Casino Resort. This football season, cheers your favorite drinks while cheering on your favorite team. Go to the Gallery and Ocean Casino Resort and go for the win. For more information, visit theoceanac.com. Must be 21 or older to play. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, we are giving away tickets to see Stained here at Ovation Hall at Ocean Casino Resort. Go to our website, 973ESPN.com, to enter. we got five pair of tickets to give away. We'll give those away on Friday's show at 5 o'clock during Happy Hour Friday. And uh, we'll give you a chance to uh, sign up now. Go to our website, 973ESPN.com. Mike Gill, Ryan Rothstein, host of the Philadelphia CityCast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, is hanging in for uh, Pete Thompson today. PT, I uh, got a text. His dad's doing well. His dad was getting some, uh, uh, had surgery today. He's doing fine. So the PT is out today, and uh, Ryan is in for him. Uh, just heard McGarry say he takes nothing from... <laughs> 
the games, uh, the preseason games. Um, I take nothing either. I have no problem with them making this decision. I can understand if they were the only one, but everybody's doing it. it you know, I get it. Like, follow the leader or don't be a leader. Be a, well, a follower. Everyone was jumping off the bridge, Mike. right? Would you do it? But <laughs> no. this is the way of the NFL now. So I'm, I'm okay with it, okay? I'm okay with the Eagles deciding to go down this route. You don't seem to be okay with it. No, I'm not. I'm bothered. I, I mean, I, I understand it, but I'm not okay with it from uh, an overall standpoint uh, from the NFL perspective. I just think of the answer in Billy Madison where he says, you are awarded no points. <laughs> no one in this room. <laughs> uh, everyone in this room is now dumber. That's how I feel after watching a preseason game. Yeah, they're bad. But <laughs> I think what McGarry said is, is, is a good idea. Like, Go to the joint practices and put those on TV. All they right? make too much money. That's the problem, the NFL. And they still make money off the preseason. Think about it. They still make money off tickets. They still make money off concessions. Still make money off, you know, everything they have going on for those games. And, and TV, right? It's all a factor. Right, but, I mean, can't you put a joint practice on TV? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And especially nowadays, right? You I mean, yeah, yeah you, can't, you can't charge. You could. I mean, you could have an open... Like they do at uh, the Eagles. They have an open practice. Why not? Come down to Ocean City, you know, practice there, <laughs> put it on TV, and it would be a better product. Well, I than... mean, like they could play, uh, have a joint practice at Lincoln Financial Field and just Absolutely. throw that thing on, and you don't even have to, you know, you don't have to call it like it's a play-by-play or a game. You just say, hey, you're they're practicing. This is what's going on. I mean, what you saw on Saturday night, I think we got John McMullen. Uh, from Burge 365, and of course, you can catch that on the Jacob Media YouTube channel Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. John McMullen and Jody McDonald bring you Burge 365, and you can read John uh, at SportsIllustratedSI.com. So uh, let's bring him in and get some thoughts on what's going on. The Eagles have made a couple of roster decisions, and John, I, I figure, I know you pretty well, you put about zero stock in what you saw on Saturday night, I would imagine. Uh, maybe, maybe 2% stock. Yeah, but it's <laughs> as close to zero as possible. As you know, yeah, it, that's emotional. You know, people, they get viscerally upset because their favorite team. It doesn't matter. There were, of the 22 expected starters in Detroit, one of them, and Jordan Davis, will probably start. That's right. So why would you get upset by that? I don't know. <laughs> Well, you got these old school. You got these old school fans, and you know you gotta show me something. I, I want to see a good drive. I want to see a ten play drive. Run the ball. I want to see the offense look like they're clicking. I mean, it's sad to say that's just not the way it works anymore. I mean, right? I mean, I'll, I'll ask you this. I mean, they probably want to go the route of you know Mike McDaniel. He was going to play as starters for a little bit, and every you know there are different paths to go about this thing. And I think it's more of an organizational decision than, than a Nick Sirianni one. But the Eagles believe on getting to week one as healthy as they possibly can with their key players. I I, I can't fault them for that. I, I tend to agree with them because you can't practice like those old school people want to practice anyway. So they've scaled back the practice sessions so much. So if you can't prepare like you used to be able to prepare, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a cost benefit to me that tilts towards resting your good players. Well, and, and when you see Tua out there and Justin Field and for God's sakes Tom Brady, do you question why? How is Jalen Hurts above those guys that he can't be out there, but those guys are out there playing? Does, does that bother you at all? It doesn't nah, bother me. No, I'm just it asking. Doesn't bother. No, it's different. Different coach, different organization. Believe me, if Tom Brady was here, he wouldn't be playing. I mean, they all wouldn't be playing. Maybe Field. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's the Eagles' philosophy. It's not about the player. So, you know, insert name of player uh, because it wasn't just Jalen Hurts. As I said, it was 21 of 22 starters. And even the Zach McPhersons and the Zach Pascals of the world didn't dress. So, so guys who are they think are going to be even a, a remotely rota- rotational sort of component to this team, they rested. So, um, yeah, I mean, if, if their assumption is that Tom Brady would come here and play, no, he wouldn't. They would tell him, look, Tom, we, we don't need to see anymore. So uh, what other teams do is what other teams do. And I'd be more upset at Mike McDaniel than Nick Sirianni. Just what the heck is he doing? You know, why do you have Tyreek Hill out there playing against Mac McCain and 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 Kayvon Wallace? What do you learn about Tyreek Hill by letting him run past those guys? We already knew that, right? Yeah, Tyreek Hill is fast. That's what Miami learned uh, on Saturday. Johnny Mac, it's good to talk to you, my friend. And we, we were talking about... Look at that yeah. reunion of heavyweights, by the way. I didn't I know. know Ryan was going to be on. Yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're welcome. Good to I, talk to you, buddy. <laughs> good to talk to you, man, as always. Uh, so let me just ask you this. How do these teams prepare? Right, like uh, You can't practice anymore in pads. Everything's scaled back uh, to such the, the nth degree. Uh, do, do any of these teams in the NFL feel fully prepared as they head into NFL Week 1? Uh, I doubt it. You know, there is room for more practicing than the Eagles do. Um, you know, but everything is strictly uh, negotiated with the Players Association. Everything's collectively bargained. There's literally limits to how often you can be on the field, how often you can be at the facility. And the Eagles do err on the bottom side of that scale, as opposed to Andy Reid. We'll use him as an example as the former coach who will squeeze out every minute he can. Um, so there are differing philosophies, but if from the Eagles standpoint, it's more of a medical decision than anything else. And they think it worked last year, so they doubled down this year, and we'll see, we'll see how it works for them. Do you feel like because these preseason games uh, have started to you know, just mean less and less each and every year, each and every week, do you feel like the evaluation process has taken a negative hit? Not that I really care. No disrespect to the Tarts and uh, Allens of the world. Cool stories. But do you feel like the evaluation process as far as the final 53 has taken a negative hit? Uh, I, I I think it has probably. I'll say it this way: I think there's less of an opportunity for a a undrafted guy or an off the radar guy to catch the eyes of coaches. I think there were more opportunities in in a different era for those guys. As far as the first and even the second teamers, they get so many reps in practice they can they can evaluate them properly. Um, it, it becomes with the 
the Carson Strongs of the world. Like that that poor guy didn't even get reps in practice. So how is he going to show that he belongs? Right. Now he didn't. You know, you can argue it both ways. And I think it was Denard Wilson, the secondary coach, who said, "Look, if you get two reps, you got to make the most of those two reps." Which I think is kind of unrealistic, but. He didn't make the most of those two reps, and all of a sudden he's not getting reps, and all of a sudden he's gone. So that's kind of what happens. And I, I do think, you know, in the old days, I, I I got an opportunity to cover John Randall early in my career. You know, he wasn't drafted when the draft was 12 rounds long, and he's a, in the Hall of Fame now. Could he have made it in this era where people aren't even looking at him? I don't know. Yeah. Um, speaking of make it, it uh, some guys are reportedly have the process has begun. Carson Strong is one of them. Um, Jason Huntley, the running back, uh, kind of goes to show you, you know, he had the touchdown run the other night. That doesn't matter. He's out. Uh, Jaquaski Tart obviously is the big one because uh, he was a veteran safety. You've mentioned many times that they, uh, the, you know, that position is very unstable right now. But were you a little bit surprised that they got rid of Tart? And what's the plan with him gone? Are they going to look outside the organization, or do they like what they have in house? Well, I, I don't see how they could like what they have in house. Um, and even you know, people say they talk up the safeties. They've been talking up the safeties. You know, if you remember how they talked up um, Mac McCain and Carrie Vincent take down before James Bradbury got here, it's sort of the same feel you get with the safeties. They, I, I think people forget they tried to sign Marcus Williams. Um, they were kicking the tires on, on Tyron Mathau and before he went home to New Orleans. Um, so they knew they had to get better at safety. They just weren't able to do it. They weren't able to pull it off. You can't do everything in one off season. Um, so I, yeah, I think they'll look at the waiver wire. It, none of these guys outside Marcus Epps and Anthony Harris should feel comfortable because if, if there's a way to get another safety in here, they'll do it. But you know, it's if you're talking about waiver wire. That's a little bit more difficult. Potential trades, maybe you can find a difference maker. People have been talking about Chuck Clark for months now. Baltimore keeps saying they want to keep all three safeties. But, you know, they're not under oath. Eric, uh, 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 Eric DeCosta is not under oath, so he could change his mind. Um, they need help at safety. Yeah. Why Why uh, did they make the decision to, to cut ties with Tart? Did he just not have anything left in the tank is he the wrong fit for this defense um you know he's a veteran player who's had some success he started 80 games in this league why was he not good enough uh, to beat out guys who have virtually no experience yeah it's kind of a strange one because they play the same defense essentially that san francisco plays the big fangio defense so um he has a lot of experience in that uh he has a uh uh, I've been a long-term starter on a very good defense, um, and the Eagles need some help. So uh, it, it was a strange situation because in the entire camp, he never got one first-team rep. He didn't miss a little time for personal reasons. I thought the backup safeties were so bad, Miami. They might say, you know what? Let's keep the veteran guy. At least we know how. He, at least we know he knows how to line up and all those types of things. Um, but 
they defaulted to what they saw. And if he's not getting first-team reps and he never got one, and mm-hmm. guys like Reed Blankenship all the way down, Andre Sassere, Josiah Scott, they all got first-team reps. Uh, when Epps had a back issue, when Harris was out for COVID, for a dental issue, all those guys were rotating along with Kayvon Wallace. Hart never got one first-team rep. So they were telling the truth, and I picked them on my final 53, and I'm kicking myself right now because <laughs> they were trying to tell me, and I wasn't believing it. Wow. Um Reed Blankenship. I know he's a guy you've brought up on this show, and, and Josiah Scott and uh, Kayvon Wallace. Um, are those the guys they're going to go with, or would, would you be surprised if they don't bring in somebody from somewhere else? Um, well, it, it, you know, injuries complicate things as well. Josiah's hurt right now. Um, Andre Sachere is not practicing. Uh, Josh Job at corner showed up with an elbow brace, so that could change some things because I thought he had the team made. And all of a sudden, if he's showing up with a brace, well, you might start talking about injured reserve and certain things like that. So there's a lot of moving parts. But if the Eagles can get better at safety, they'll try to get better. If they see somebody on the waiver wire that they like, they'll pick them up. And they'll certainly trade for a safety if something is out there. But that's easier said than done. Um, what the whole thing with Strong? I know you mentioned he didn't get any reps or anything, but they, you know, they gave him some guaranteed money. There, people were like, "Hey, this guy's got this big arm." Uh, the quarterback draft class. Some people liked him more than anybody else. Uh, quite frankly, if you didn't have that knee problem, why did the Eagles not even take uh, really give him a shot? Uh, he didn't deserve it. I mean, he was really bad. He was that bad, huh? I, I used to, I, oh, I, you know, Clay, Clayton Thorson used to be the standard of bad. He was worse than Clayton Thorson. I mean, he he didn't get any reps because he didn't deserve them. Um, and, and the few reps that he did get, he was just a disaster. It is interesting because I read all those drafts, you know, previews as well, and all those reports about the strong arm. I don't know if he's hurt, but it didn't show up here. Reed Sennett has a a much stronger arm than Carson Stone. Wow. Um, and, and you know, you add in the knee injury, and he's got very little mobility. And then the, the three hundred twenty grand, which I get, I, I get people, you know, what that indicates is, all right, we, we think that among the undrafted guy, undrafted guys he's got a chance but the people that default to it and say well he's going to make the team because they gave him 320 grand think of it this way if he makes the team he's making 770 grand so he's getting a raise if he makes the team all that it's a rounding error and it's better to admit you made a mistake than to keep a guy just because he gave him three hundred twenty thousand dollars John McMullen, of course, uh, you can see weekday mornings at 8 o'clock uh, on Birds 365 on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. 8 to 10, they talk Eagles. And, uh, you know, obviously they got this uh, period now between now and they got to make the cut downs by 4 o'clock tomorrow, right? Yeah, and I apologize for the. They already got the, the leaf blowers out at the Novacare complex. I swear these guys just walk around with leaf blowers. There's no leaves. <laughs> they wait for your segment. There's no leaf falling I'm, yet. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at him. I'm like, what are you doing? He's just walking around. 
Uh, and by the way, Jason Huntley also, it looks like he's going to not make the team. And I would imagine, John, does that tell you that they're only going to keep three running backs on this team? Well, ultimately, I think they're going to get a fourth, and that's another position. It might be the waiver wire. There's a lot of talk about Alexander Madison. Uh, reports out there that 12 teams have called on him. Um, and I would, I, I would be stunned if the Eagles weren't one of them. He's exactly what they need, a between-the-tackles runner, downhill guy, um, and he's pretty cheap. He's on the last year of his rookie deal. So he's not going to sign, re-sign with Minnesota, uh, and they have depths in the backfield, so they're going to probably try to get something for him. But that's a lot of competition. And I don't know if the Eagles value running back enough to give a, a third-round pick or even a conditional fourth. But they need, they're going to pick up a fourth running back somewhere. I, I would think they need to, John. I know you and I have had plenty of conversations in the past about Miles Sanders. Uh, I mean, I have little to no confidence in Miles Sanders as a 1A guy. The Eagles have rarely even had the opportunity to use him as such. But looking at the running back position on the depth chart, John McMullen. Uh, just give us your overall assessment. I, I mean, I the word concerned comes to my mind. Uh, I, I just don't know what they have here. And if Miles Sanders can even uh, stay available and available uh, for the first time. Well, I, I get why people are concerned uh, about the injury history over the past two years, missing four or five games. Um, but right now, is that the Eagles are just being precautious. They're not concerned. Uh, he's going to be there in week one. I've kind of turned on Miles Sanders because, um, in a good way, in a good way. Uh, you know, I remember getting a lot of a lot of vitriol from Eagles fans after his rookie year, and they were comparing him to the Christian McCaffrey's of the world and the Dalvin Cooks of the world. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa! He's, uh, he's got a chance to be a good player. He's not those guys. And, you know, now it's they think he's a terrible player, and they think he can't play. And that's not true either. He's a, he's a good football player. Is he a great lead back? No. But with this offensive line and this quarterback, he can be very, very effective running the football, as you saw with his 5.5 yards per carry. But, the you know, can he play 17 games? You would have to bet the under on that. Yeah, that would be a lock. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's the one issue is the health and can he withstand it and can they use him? Now, uh, there has been that theory that he's on the contract year. Do you just, you know, use him up and, and then with no intention of re-signing him? I it, would. Right? I would. Yeah. Because the guy the guy who's had a bad camp is Kenny Gainwell. And that's a guy the Eagles fans have, have sort of embraced for whatever reason, and he has not been good. Mm -mm. So if they expect him to take over for Miles Sanders, my bigger concern is the depth uh, behind Miles. We know Boston can play, uh, but Kenny Kenny's really got to right the ship. Seems like every practice, Jamal Singleton's yelling at him, trying to get him to correct a mistake. Um, so I'm more concerned about Kenny Gainwell than Miles Sanders.
All right, John McMullen, a couple quick hitters here. The uh, roster needs to be down by 53 tomorrow. Now, you'll be uh, on with us tomorrow, but obviously you saw a couple of guys Saturday night, some of which haven't done much. Like John Hightower had five catches the other night, but uh, Dion Kane, uh, De- Devin Allen, any of those guys going to make your make the final 53? No, I, I think for them to to make a run at a roster spot, uh, Jalen Rager would have to get traded, uh, and I don't know if that's going to happen in time. Uh, so I think they're going to keep five, and Jalen's going to be the fifth receiver. Um, that's going to make Eagles fans happy. Uh, but if, if you're the fifth or sixth guy, and I know a lot of people say Deion Kane, Deion Kane, Deion Kane, but it, you got to play on special teams if you're the fifth receiver. It could be a punt returner like Rager. Uh, it could be a gunner like Devin Allen. But you got to play on special teams, and Dion hasn't uh, to this point, so I don't know if he can. Um, as for Allen, yeah, I think people are getting Jedi mind tricked on that. It's just like Huntley with the 67-yard touchdown. Um, yeah, he did a nice job in Miami. You know, against Dolphins third stringers who don't probably don't know who he is. They're not game planning for him. So, you know, if you get to the regular season and you put an inexperienced guy out there who can just run, well, they're just going to double team him, take him out of the play. So it's just like I, I tell fans not to get upset at 48 to 10. Hmm. Well, don't get excited about 67-yard touchdown runs and uh, a guy running down the field to make a tackle when nobody's planning for him. So it, that's why it's very dangerous to buy into some of those preseason hype. All right, uh, back tomorrow with the uh, full cutdowns, and uh, we'll see this roster start to take shape. Real quick on, uh, I, I'm sure you saw the Howie Roseman for the second year is like the most untrustworthy GM in the league. <laughs> and I love the quote. The guy says, he lied to me. You know, like, is he the yeah. only GM that lied to you? But he was the most untrustworthy, and the second most untrusty was Joe Douglas. I, I found that to be yeah. uh, it's quite humorous. Yeah, I, I found it. Yeah, it was more the Jets front office than Joe. Um, I, yeah, I find it because Howie and Joe were. But Andrew Burry was the second most trusted. So, yeah. You know, if Ben Standing does it. I guess it's fun for people to read. But I think he talked to 26 different agents, and four said that about Howie. One obviously had a bad um, situation with him. I, I don't think it's a large enough sample size to. Uh, to to gather anything meaningful other than you know a, a, a story that people are going to latch on to. Uh, he's got a tough job, Howie Roseman, Joe Douglas, every GM in this league, and sometimes you do blow you know what up, you know what at times. So. All right, well. We'll see uh, this roster take shape over the next 10 days between now and Sunday the 11th when the Eagles uh, will kick off in Detroit. John McMullen, uh, Birds 365, 8 a.m. on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. All right, Johnny Mac, talk to you, bud. All right, thanks, guys. Yes, uh, thanks, man. Tua, by the way, 6 of 7 with a touchdown. Skyler Thompson, 7 of 10 with three touchdowns. You're just saying numbers. They just torched the Eagles, man. <laughs> it means absolutely zero. <laughs> nah. You're just saying numbers. Um, all right, when we come back, we got five teams we think are going to be better and five teams we think are going to be worse. 
All right. All right. Who are five surprises for good and bad? We'll tackle that on the other side. The Sports Batch is live at Ocean, the Gallery Bar Book and Games at Ocean Casino Resort. All football season. We'll be here every Monday. Cheers your favorite drinks while cheering on your favorite team. Go to the Gallery and Ocean Casino Resort for the win. For more information, visit OceanAC.com. Must be 21 or older to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We also have five pair of tickets to go see Stained. They will be at Ovation Hall here at Ocean Casino. To enter, go to our website, 973ESPN.com. And then on Friday's Happy Hour Friday, we'll announce the winners. Five pairs of tickets to the winner on Friday's show. Stained in concert. I've seen Stained probably twice. Two more than I have, but yep. not against it. So get to the website now, 973ESPN.com. Enter and listen on Friday at 5 to see if you are a winner. The tickets will be at Will Call for the show. The Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN and the 97.3 ESPN free mobile app. Now, back to with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN, South Jersey's sports leader. Live, Mike Gill. Ryan Rothstein sitting in for uh, Pete Thompson today. The PT is out. Uh, Ryan, you can hear five days a week. He is the host of the Philadelphia City Cast, and that is a daily podcast, which you can get at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Is there any other places that people get podcasts? I mean, I don't, I don't know where you can't get your, get a podcast nowadays. It's like every platform, there's a podcast. It's a good thing. Not a yeah, thing. I'm just, yeah. they're the only three that I ever hear anybody use. Yeah, Google, Apple, Spotify, uh, I hear Breaker, and there's so many. You just have that link tree link and it takes you to every option possible cool yeah. well five days a week you can download the pod uh five surprises all right five teams that we think are going to be surprises this year uh for the good and the bad all right we were talking about this i said i you know one of the teams they did not make my list of a surprise for the good okay which made me think of this conversation do we think that Justin Fields, I mean, a lot of people really liked this kid, like really liked him. Mm -hmm. Do we think that he could surprise people and have a really good year and make that team good? Or is that so far-fetched? I, dude, I think that's far-fetched. And I, the problem I have with that team is I just don't think they have enough around them. The teams that I picked, it's because I think they have enough around. Exactly. I mean, even if Justin Fields, we say, wow, he's a player. He actually may turn into a franchise quarterback. To your point, they're a joke everywhere else. I mean, the kid can only do so much. I think they're going to struggle this But year. I just feel like we are almost overlooking him just because he didn't have a great rookie year. He was kind of sporadic playing time. He couldn't, you know, barely could get on the field. So I feel like we forget how or how highly thought of he was entering the league. He looked pretty good in the preseason game. Again, it was preseason, yeah. and I'm not putting any stock into that, but he did. It made me think, like, what if this guy's really good? Yeah, he might be. I, I just don't think we're even going to get a chance to really see it. <laughs> right, because that team is so pathetic. Yeah, uh, I, I don't see them winning more than well three games. That's why. Uh, okay, so these are five surprise teams that we think. Now I got my five. You got your five. That we think that might be good, better than t- people think. Yep. 
All right. Let's do it. So my number five, I went with New Orleans. Okay. You looking over at mine? No. All right. I can't see that far. <laughs> Neither can I. <laughs> Even if I was looking over, I, w- I can't see anything. <laughs> All right. Why? I went with New Orleans. Why Now, is these that? are in no order. Okay. Um, they got a lot of weapons, man. They got Alave. If Michael Thomas is back, and they got three wideouts. They got Kamara still. I mean, it all comes down to the quarterback there. But Winston, I feel like people just think the guy's a complete bum. He's not. I mean, he threw for five thousand yards in Tampa. He turns the ball over too much. But I think that team. We talk about. Do they have enough around them? I think he's got a lot of weapons. Their offensive line is okay. Their defense is it's good. It's not great. But I like his weapons. I think uh, New Orleans, and that's a team that gets tied to Philadelphia a little bit because of the draft pick. But I think a lot of people just assume, oh, they're not going to be very good. That draft pick's going to be good. I think New Orleans is going to be better than people think. That was my team for number five as well. I, I agree. I, I think the uh, you know, the eating of the fingers really left a bad taste <laughs> in people's mouths as it relates to Jameis Winston, and understandably so. But all jokes aside, you lose Sean Payton, and I think – you know, th- that's a big deal, but I think people are overemphasizing that point a little bit. Uh, you tie some things up on the defense, which was a strong defense last year. They uh, were fourth in scoring defense, third in points allowed per drive. Uh, you just allow Winston to not be a turnover machine, mm-hmm. I, and I think they'll surprise people. Yeah, I, I uh, the defensive point you just brought up they had a stingy de- i say it's good it's not great they don't have that guy that like jumps off the page but they're collectively a pretty good defense yep uh all right number four i went with detroit all right have you been watching hard knocks Is that i have one? not seen one episode <laughs> believe it or not but i i like detroit because they have a really good offensive line and I feel like they're kind of Philadelphia-ish from last year. They got a good line. They're starting to get some weapons. It's a shame that Jamison Williams isn't going to play probably for the first at least month of the season. But they're Dude. starting to get some weapons there. The coach is kind of changing the culture. And I'm not this like, this guy's the best coach because he's this rah rah I just feel like he's changing the culture there a little bit. And they're starting to... They played hard and tough into a lot of games. Now, I don't know that they're going to win 10 games. That's not what I'm saying. They're surprised. But I feel like they might be around 500. I agree. I, I like Dan Campbell a lot. I love the Lions last year. Love may be a little bit dramatic, but they played hard, to your point, in every single game. And that's not an easy thing to do. I, I think they're going to be able to make uh, some marginal uh, improvements. But my fourth team, MG, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow. And... You know, everyone is is going to say, well, you lose Big Ben. He's a Hall of Famer. This team is going to have a, a relatively down year with a quarterback uh, debate conversation. Trubisky, uh, who's not known to be the best in the world. Kenny Pickett, what can he do? Uh, but this is the perfect storm for Mike Tomlin. This is a coach that you give him a team that's a 6-7 win team, he'll, he'll squeeze 9-10 out of them. I'm higher on Trubisky than most are. I, I, I'm, I'm, I didn't put Pittsburgh on my list, and I'm kind of kicking myself, like, <laughs> because I think people don't. I saw the conversation that this morning was, will this be the first year that Mike Tomlin doesn't have a winning record? Yeah. I, I don't. Think I like so. their defense. Me too. Their problem has been last year, they had no explosion in the offense because Ben Roethlisberger just couldn't push the ball down the field at all. I like Claypool. I like their weapons. Uh, Deontay Johnson. Um, 
Trubisky's the big question mark, but I like Trubisky more than others. I think him getting out of Chicago, having that year off last year will help him out. Yeah, I think Pittsburgh's the perfect spot for him. Mike Tomlin's a great coach for him. They just need him, similar to the Saints and Winston. Just reel him in. All right, number three for me. I'm going... Uh, I don't know. You might people might say, "Wow, that they're not going to be a surprise because people think they're going to be good anyway." But uh, is Vegas interesting? And now, how good? Right, so, because they are better than the teams we've mentioned so far. And I think they made the playoffs last year, Vegas. Yeah, but I think that combination now of Carr and Adams is going to be deadly, big time for them. They've got <laughs> good pass not? rush. They've got, so they got the pass rush. I think now one thing they were lacking on that offense last year, they just did not have a playmaker, right? They did not have that guy, that go-to guy. And late in the season, they played very well the last month of the season. They they had a couple games that I was surprised that they won. I think getting Devontae uh, Adams is just going to change that offense drastically. Now they got um, they got uh, some issues, you know, on their offensive line. But I definitely think Vegas will be better than people think. In the betting market, uh, the Vegas uh, Vegas has become a popular Super Bowl pick. Derek Carr has become uh, a popular long shot play for NFL MVP. Uh, Jody Mack, I was on his show the other day. He asked me, give me a long shot team to win the Super Bowl. And I went with Vegas. Greatest. I don't know what their number is, but I figured they were probably somewhere in the middle. Yep, uh, right around 30 to 1, depending on where you look. So. Yeah, that's a value play. That is a value play. All right, my third team is a team that you've already mentioned, MG. It's the Detroit Lions. Okay. And it's mainly because of hard knocks. No. <laughs> I have not seen the hard knocks this year. It's, I mean, yeah, it, it's good, right? Hard knocks fans, we, we love it no matter what, but it's the same stuff. But, no, I, I really do like Dan Campbell. All, all jokes aside, he's not just rah-rah. They play hard for him. I think they're going to take some nice steps. And a lot of people out there, smart, knowledgeable insiders, when I say people, uh, deem the Lions offensive line second in all of football behind the Philadelphia Eagles. So we're going to get a good matchup from that standpoint week one, and I think the Lions are going to take some steps forward. Yep, uh, the line play. That's why I like them, line play. All right, number two, most surprising teams in terms of these teams are going to be good and people aren't giving them enough credit. I got Minnesota, number two. Minnesota. Yes. uh, Kirk Believer, you like that. uh, I mean, come on. The guy puts up numbers. They've got Thielen. They've got... um, Justin Jefferson. I mean, they got two great weapons there. The running game, they've got two really talented running backs. But their offensive line has been a disaster for years. They're starting to get a little bit better on the offensive line. I think their problem last year, too, their defense was a mess last year. They had some injury issues on defense. I think their defense should be better. Um, But overall, got the new coach there, so you got a new kind of an attitude in that place. I think that kind of was needed. I think it was time for Zimmer uh, to kind of get out of there and Maybe start things over uh, for Minnesota, but I don't think I don't hear anybody giving Minnesota any love, and I think Minnesota could be a team that maybe wins ten games. Yeah, listen, they they have the quarterback that puts up the numbers. They have Justin Jefferson, who so many Eagles fans always uh, reminds you that the Eagles could have gotten, but uh, nonetheless, <laughs> I, I don't disagree with you. I'm I'm going to get a little bit weird in my next two picks here, and. You know, when I say good, I'm not sitting here saying these teams are going to be even a playoff team. I'm just sitting here telling you they're going to overachieve 
uh, and surpass some expectations that are being placed on him uh, as of August 29th. How about our guy Dougie P down in Jacksonville? Not right. bad. I mean, he's he's entering a complete dumpster fire that Urban Meyer just burned that place from wall to wall. I think Doug Peterson's going to go in there uh, and, and settle things down and, and show that that team actually has some promise. I'm not sitting here saying they're going to go 10 and 7, even 9 and 8, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if they win six, maybe even seven games. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to be a dumpster. No. I agree. Yeah. Um, and. Trevor Lawrence is another guy, much like Fields, that he was supposed to be, you know, this can't-miss guy. And I thought he was pretty underwhelming last year, considering maybe now that he's in a real uh, coaching staff, that maybe he shows why he was uh, basically thought of to be a can't-miss product. By the way, Dalvin Cook is a guy that uh, Minnesota has that I didn't mention. He's pretty good. Yeah, he's not bad. Yeah. (laughs) All right, uh, my number one team, and these are in no particular order, um, of teams that will surprise this year they'll, they'll win more games than people think or giving them credit for i got washington mm. i am uh you're on the on carson the Wentz Wentz um i'm not gonna sit here and say he's gonna be 2017 carson Wentz. but is if he is carson Wentz from last year doesn't washington have to be better i would say so if I he's mean, carson Wentz from any year other than 2020, when he was atrocious. <laughs> right. But even last year, he bounced back and showed that, okay, 2020 was just a complete abomination. And while Indianapolis let him go, I get all that. They didn't let him go because of performance as much as personality. I think the personality just didn't mesh. He threw 27 touchdowns. He had nine interceptions. Seven interceptions, I think. Seven interceptions, even whatever better. it was. Yeah. He, if he is just competent. Washington has talent around him. They've got some players there. Um, McLaren is a dynamic receiver. Their offensive line's pretty solid. Their defense should be really good again. I know yeah. Chase Young's out for four. Washington, to me, is a team that I don't think people are uh, taking seriously enough. Yeah, I, I, listen, people say, uh, Eagles fans in particular, oh, the NFC least, you know, the division stinks. Uh, to your point, I think Washington is sort of that third team here in the NFC East that uh, that could make some noise. But uh, that's where I'm going as well. I, I like Carson Wentz, the player, not the person. Sort of kind of hate his face. <laughs> um, uh, but this is a team that has the defensive uh, talent there in multiple different areas. Carson from last year comes in. Uh, they can be competing for, for the NFC East uh, title with possibly 8, 9, 10 wins. Well, actually. the question is, can they be better than either Philly or Dallas? Can they be the number two team in that division? I don't think they're ready to win the division, but can they be the number two team? Yeah, can they get a wild card spot? I think they can. Sports Bash brought to you by American Airlines and Atlantic City International Airport. ACY now has your one-stop ticket to over 90 domestic and international destinations. Book today at AA.com. When we come back, we got five teams that we think uh, are going to be worse than people think. Those were the five teams we think will be better than people think. The five teams we think will be worse than people think. And don't forget, you want to win tickets to see Stained here at Ovation Hall at Ocean Casino? Go to our website right now, 973ESPN.com, for all the details. More Sports Bash on the way. Now on 973ESPN. You just heard the teams we think are going to be better than people think. How about the teams we think might be worse than people think? Sports Bass Live, Mike Gill. Uh, Ryan Rossi is sitting in for the PT today. You can listen to the Philadelphia CityCast 
five days a week. That's where you can find Ryan's work. All right, five teams that will be worse than people think. All right? All right. Let's do it. Number five, I got Dallas. <laughs> yes. Is it a requirement for us to have Dallas? Well, they first? screw me every year. I always think they're going to be the best. They're going to win the division. They're going to be the best team in the NFC. And this is what I get for picking Dallas. So now I think, you know, they lose the left tackle. They've lost a couple of Leal Collins. They lost Randy Gregory. They lost Amari Cooper. I think last year was their year, and they and they blew it. You blew it. So you're just thinking Dallas isn't a playoff team at, at the very least. Uh, I just don't think they're a Super Bowl contender. They might slip into the playoff. They might be a wild card team. Yeah, they might trip and fall into the wild card spot. All right. Uh, number five for me, San Francisco 49ers, man. Right, like, what's up at the quarterback spot? They're always overachieving. I, I think enough's enough with their overachieving. They made my list, too, and the quarterback. I don't believe in Lance. I just don't think that kid is ready to take over a Super Bowl-ready team. I don't know what's going to happen with Garoppolo. He might even be released by the time our show's over today. <laughs> but seriously, <laughs> no, I, I they, they got to figure out what they're going to do with him. Yeah. I just don't believe in Trey Lance that he's ready to lead a team right now. So they made my list as well. All right. Uh, I got the Kansas City Chiefs, which is sort of crazy. Uh, but their win totals at ten and a half through the from the uh, betting perspective. I just think they're going to have a down year a little bit. You always have Mahomes; he can do some magic. But uh, I can certainly see them going nine wins, ten wins. Uh, not someone that's back in the Super Bowl. So I got uh, Tennessee on my list. They've won that division twice. They were the number one seed last year, and I think that A.J. Brown out of there, they're going to start to have some more problems on offense than they've had the last couple of years. I think their defense is just good. It's not great. I think this will be the first year that you kind of see Tennessee take a step back after winning the division there. They were the number one seed, people forget, last year, even without Derrick Henry. That's right. Uh, And Derrick Henry, I'm not going to predict him to get injured and take a step back and get older, but you're wondering... Uh, all the mo- exactly you're wondering when so tennessee was on my list as well uh number two for me tampa bay uh i hate to say this i mean brady's brady but he is 45 years old he's got a lot of bleep going on in his life you know um i just the, the offensive line injuries there i feel like that team is just ready to take a little bit of a step back they got a coaching change people forget about uh, i'm not saying they don't make the playoffs but i don't think they're like a 12 win team like they've been maybe more in the 10 range I'm right there with you. Tampa made mine as well. Uh, last on the list for me, number one, no particular order, though, Green Bay. They lost a lot of receiving. Uh, their defense still just okay. Offensive line uh, is pretty good, but they lose Devontae Adams. Yep. I think that could be a big factor for them. So I think they take a little step back to the pack this year. I had the Arizona Cardinals. I Ooh. think Kyler Murray is going to be uh, in, in some trouble. All right, those are the five teams we think are not going to be as good. When we come back, it's football at four. Jeff Bosher on all the latest Eagles roster decisions and what he thinks the 53-man roster might look like when they complete it tomorrow. That's next. This is the Sports Bash. 97.3 ESPN presents the Sports Bash with Mike Gill. It's time for Football at Four with Jeff Mosier. I think our track record in the last 20 years, how many NFC's titles, playoff appearances, and appearances in the NFC Championship game, those are some of the metrics I look at, and um, I'll compare our record with uh, almost anybody. Powered by the Inside the Birds podcast. Now, live from inside the Matt Black Kia Studios. 
Shows. This is Football at Four. All right, Football at Four is powered by the Inside the Birds podcast, and it is brought to you by the Gallery Bar, Book, and Games in Ocean Casino Resort. For the football season, cheers your favorite drinks while cheering on your favorite team. Go to the Gallery and Ocean Casino Resort and go for the win. For more information, visit OceanAC.com. You must be 21 or older to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Mike Gill. Uh, Ryan Rothstein is the host of the Philadelphia City Cash. You can download the podcast. He's sitting in uh, for Pete Thompson today. We are live at Ocean Casino Resort every Monday. Uh, we look back at the uh, Phillies weekend. We had the Eagles stuff this weekend. We'll talk to Mosh football at four here in just a minute. Uh, what is more plausible? That Tom Brady missed camp to film The mass Singer? Or that he actually did get a facelift. Yeah, the the masked singer, he's wearing a mask now, permanently. Yeah, like, does he think he's fooling anybody with that? I don't know. I, I would hope he, he doesn't care, right? I would imagine he doesn't care. He doesn't have to. He's Tom Brady. Yeah, exactly. But still, like, you don't just walk up on the podium after missing all that time with that face. But it's like, to your point, dude, you're Tom Brady. What, what do you need to be getting plastic surgery for? You, got, you got the girl. Well, like, the whole concept of, like... <laughs> Like, you really think no one notices? I, I don't even think. I mean, that is part of it. But the other part of it is just simply why. <laughs> right? Like, you think his wife told him, I, either get your face fixed or else? I get, yeah. You got to do something with that face of yours. Yeah, like, if you don't go get your face fixed, uh, this is over. <laughs> I mean. Like, dude, if you're going to go back and play football, you better fix your face. Jeez. It's, uh. It's just crazy. He looked weird on that podium. He looked really skinny. Yesterday was the first time I've seen him, and I was like, is this guy for real? Is he ready to play football? (laughs) Looks like he's ready to do some Well, he was just voted the number one player on the uh, NFL.com top 100. So apparently his uh, peers still think he's ready to play football. Yeah, that's that's a little bit... uh, a little bit ridiculous. I mean, he's the GOAT, but is he the GOAT at 45? Like He looked pretty good the other night. He's still going to be good. I just don't know if he's number one right now. Yeah, it's hard to sit here and say that he's even better than some other quarterbacks in the game. Yeah, I mean, better than Mahomes, uh, you know, better than even Aaron Rodgers, the two-time defending NFL MVP. Right. Come on. It's kind of hard to come to terms with that. But still, I mean, man, Brady, 45 years old. You know, there's two, like... Do you think – I heard somebody today think that uh, they were asking for, for, like, your number one NFL hot take. Uh-huh. And the guy's hot, hot, hot take was that Brady retires in the middle of the year. Why would he do that? I don't know. I mean, does he just, like – this is? and I said one of the teams I think might be surprised in terms of they're not as good could be Tampa Bay. And maybe it's just that line's busted. The, you know, they have awesome pieces there. They, they, you know, no Gronk. I don't know. He's too competitive. Right, that would be a bad way to end the Brady legacy, right? Like if they're six games under five hundred, and he's just like, "Screw you guys, I'm going." <laughs> I guess so. That's that's a good point. You know, come on, man. You decided to come back. The team gave you your two weeks of PTO in the middle of camp. Finish the year. Yeah, the the, the <laughs> least you could do is after yeah. after the circus of like you're retiring. Oh, no, I never officially said I'm retiring. Yeah, oh, but I am in. retiring. And then I decide I'm going to come back. I mean, that whole, I mean, you that think was about weird. There's, it. Really there's was. something to that that we don't know. What are some theories? I, I think he was not happy with the coaching situation, and I think he wanted to uh, play for someone else slash no longer 
uh, play for Bruce Arians. <laughs> like the thought of wasn't there some theory that he wanted to play for San Francisco or something? Oh yeah, or what he's was, from there. Yeah, what was the other thing that Miami got penalized? Oh, Miami. So before he officially went to Tampa Bay, uh, he was talking to the Dolphins to go there. And part of the potential deal, correct me if I'm mistaken, but I'm almost positive, he was going to have uh, a small piece of the team. What do you make of the thing that Dana White said last week? What did he say about the, about the Raiders yeah. with Brady? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he <laughs> yeah. had the deal all set up and that Gruden basically said, I don't want it. Come on. That, do we believe that? Gronk seemed to, because he was there, he's like, and that's exactly how it happened. What? what? Like, why would Gruden say that, though? Right? I mean, we've heard him in the booth. We know him. Well, we don't know him, I think, as well as maybe we used to think. But that, that's unbelievable. If that's true, I know it seems true. But if it is, that has to be the, the dumbest thing, arguably, in sports history. <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> hey, I got a deal where you're going to get Tom Brady and Gronk. It's all set up. Everything is agreed upon. All you have to do is sign off on it. And he's like, nah, I don't want those guys. Listen, no disrespect to Gronk, one of the greatest tight ends to ever lace him up. But you had me at Brady. <laughs> I mean, if you have a chance to get Brady, even at 50 years old, you should not be saying no to it. Yeah. Idiotic. Well, oh, and there's Brady is up on the screen here at the uh, Ocean Casino uh, Gallery Bar Booking Games. Is that games. him? Are we sure it's him? <laughs> yeah, it's just a – uh, he reminds me of, like, uh, Jim Carrey playing Fire Marshal Bill. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, vaguely. I, he reminds me of a wax figure. For for the people out there that uh, when Jim Carrey played Fire Marshal Bill, let me tell you something. That's what that is what Brady looks like right now. Like Brady feel like listening to him and just seeing him, it almost felt like I'm here with all these guys, and I don't really know some of these guys, and it's kind of like a different feel around here. Like, I yeah. just don't want to be here right now. Yeah, like, I'll play the games, but that's all. It's just it's so hard to say any – to make any prediction negatively towards a Tom Brady-led team because people have been trying to do that for what feels like quite literally my entire life. Yeah, I'm not doing it. <laughs> you know, well, we both did. We both said Kinda. they're going to – I yeah. said they're not going to win 12. Maybe they'll be a team that wins like 9 oh, or 10. All right. Well, still, you know, I, I, I can see – I can just see it getting really weird. You know, just some injuries don't go their way. Well, just the whole way the retirement went – and by the way, Mosher's going to join us in about two minutes from now. All right. Uh, he had a little something come up here. Uh, just the whole way that the retirement went – down how odd that was like i don't know it could be like the first kind of i don't say crack but oh the the first time that he doesn't have the best luck in human history yeah (laughs) like he's actually a human and things don't go his way uh before mosher jumps on what's one thing that excites you about this eagles team i have mine that's pretty definitive i actually have you have a few a couple but i'll my number one would be Okay, for me, it's this team actually has some linebackers that we can get excited about. That's on my list. Okay. That's like one of mine. It has to be, right? I, Any Eagles fan, you have to be I excited. I brought this up on Friday, I feel like, and I've kind of thought about it, and I'm like, shouldn't we, and I'm not saying he is the same player, but shouldn't we be as excited about getting A.J. Brown as we were to get T.O.? 
Like, this guy is significantly better than any wide receiver this team has had since T.O. He is significantly better it's than T.O. any and him. pass catcher that yeah. this this organization has ever had in my lifetime. I think if you try and compare it to the T.O. year, if you will. When but, like, that team was good. The Eagles? Yeah. They were they were knocking on the doorstep of the Super Bowl. That's right. the biggest difference. And then they went and got him. Right. Is this guy that impactful? That this team was good, but this guy's the, the difference maker? I think possibly, but I'll answer that question, my opinion, not definitively, because I don't know what we have at quarterback. That's a big Fair question, fair thing. All right, uh, Mike Hill, Ryan Rothstein sitting in for Pete Thompson. Jeff Mosher's here from InsideTheBirds.com and the Inside the Birds podcast, uh, which dropped this morning with their 53-man picks. And I guess uh, we'll start with that, Jeff Mosher, because the Eagles have already started to make some moves, and one of them was Joukowsky Tart. Adam Kaplan reported that a little while ago, that he has been informed that he will not make the team. Uh, So let's start with that. Are you surprised that Tart is out, and what does that mean for that position? in your mind yeah i'm not surprised at all mike um you know i know he came here with some high expectations even though he was signed late but you watch training camp was clearly with the third team the entire time he missed i think at least a week's worth of time he had to leave uh, for personal reasons he had already been trying to adapt and acclimate into a new defense and it, it hadn't been going as well as team hope and um You know, at his age, what he's been through, I don't think the Eagles felt at this stage of the game, if he wasn't already going to come in and contribute immediately, then it made much sense to have him on the roster. And I I think that was becoming pretty clear in the days leading up uh, and then in the the preseason game. I didn't even have him making the team on my 53-man roster that came out today, and neither did Adam. So it looked like the writing was on the wall there. Just just didn't materialize the way you had hoped uh, some of their – other June signings have, had, have been able to materialize for them. And so it's unfortunate because it, it was at a position they needed it to, to really help. Yeah, I, I was going to say, was he that bad uh, that he could not beat out any of these guys? Or did somebody, in other words, did somebody make the team? Did somebody play so well that they just felt more comfortable because of the way and what that guy did in camp? Well, I think that it's a, it's a combination of him not really, you know, playing at a, a level that they felt was good. You could say a guy like Reed Blankenship, who may wind up making the 53 here, uh, you know, I had him on mine, and we'll see. So did Adam, we'll see what happens. I'm not certain that they're thinking, we're going to keep Reed Blankenship and play him in the spot that we had originally intended for Jaquaski Tart to play. Uh, I think that they're just trying to keep young guys who have upside. And then for currently, what they're going to do now is maybe not be able to play as many three safety packages, or you saw that Josiah Scott was seeing a lot of safety uh, by the time the camp reaches midway point. So he's he's a cover guy. And from what we understand, what they want to do on the back end, a lot of mirror and match coverage, pattern match coverage, you want versatile guys who can cover. And really, Joukowsky Tart was known for being a hitter. Even in the game he played well in, where he had the, the sideline hit and the fourth down stop. That's, you know great for being a downhill guy but they needed more coverage uh, ability and so it looks like if they are going to play three safety looks Josiah Scott would be that third safety anyway. 
Moshe, it's Ryan here. Good to talk to you as always, brother. Um, Hi, what's going on, bro? Yeah, man. Uh, so let's talk about this secondary and really the defense as a whole. You, you say that, uh, you know, defensively they're going to show some three-man looks uh, from the safety perspective there. What's the identity of this defense? And it ties into the secondary conversation because I've been getting asked that a lot. Like, is it a 4-3, 3-4, little bit of both? Last year, uh, we know Gannon didn't have a lot of tools in the old toolbox. So uh, what can we expect? Yeah, great question, Ryan. The, the identity of me is yet to be forged. And, and uh, I'm not trying to cop out, but I think we have a lot to learn because they're doing some new things. And I would say the, the initial identity is what it kind of usually is with the Eagles, and that's defensive line strength and defensive line depth. They've got a, a really good array of pass rushers from Hassan Reddick to Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Theron Jackson had a nice camp as well. Patrick Johnson came on. So that, that's an area where they're strong always, and they will probably continue to be as long as you know, they don't see too much declining from some guys and as long as uh, they stay healthy. But, you know, we saw last year, I don't think the D-line was bad last year, even though it didn't have that many sacks. I feel like quarterbacks, and I don't feel, I mean, this, this is what the tape showed you, quarterbacks knew exactly what they wanted to do as soon as the ball was snapped. And that's, that, that's going to kill a defensive line because it gives them no time to get to the quarterback. And the reason why quarterbacks are able to do that was because the back end was not very talented and the scheme was very vanilla, so it was pretty easy to read. The, what they've done in the offseason, you know, with their upgrades at linebacker and then what they're now trying to do in the secondary is cause a little more guesswork for the quarterbacks. Will it work? That's up to Jonathan Gannon and what he does with the personnel. I can't say I'm – I'm not going to sit here and say it's definitely going to work. I've got to see it happen first, and I know that people around the league who I've spoken to have some questions about, you know, him being a gun-shy defensive coordinator or him being – the right guy to call up the, you know, to cook up the schemes that are going to work. So we'll see if that becomes the identity, if this becomes a confusing Eagles defense for quarterbacks. A lot of new faces on the defensive side of the ball, Mosher, and uh, two names uh, that are brand new as well as into the NFL. N'Kobe Dean, of course, and Jordan Davis, uh, two guys with a ton of talent. Uh, in, in their bones, if you will. W which guy are you, I, I guess I could say, more excited to see slash who will have a bigger impact this year for the Birds? Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I mean, it, the temptation right now is to think that Jordan Davis is going to have a bigger impact, but in all fairness... Doesn't he need to? <laughs> he, he, it depends, though. I mean, I, I think that right now he's a, a first and second down player. He's not a pass rusher. Um, and not, not that first and second down isn't important. It is. If you stop the run and you get teams in, in second and third and long, well, then that helps you do what you want to do on the back end and create that guesswork that I, I just talked about. But it's not like Jordan Davis is going to be on the field the whole game. And I think we still have to learn with a guy that size is can he be effective as the game goes on the second, third, fourth quarter as he is in the first? Can, does he have the endurance to carry a 340-pound body and play as much football uh, or as good as football in the fourth quarter as he does in the first. We know he came out a lot when he was at Georgia. And then N'Kobe Dean, through no fault of his own, i got to give all the credit in the world to T.J. Edwards, man, because this cat played awesome this preseason. He had a great camp. He had a great uh, preseason. The, he, he didn't play the last few games, so he's clearly a starter. Everybody, myself included, thought that when they got Kazir White and then drafted N'Kobe Dean, that T.J. was going to wind up just being like kind of that base you know, downhill linebacker when they have three linebackers out there. But he's 
than their best linebacker. So he's going to be on the field. So we'll have to see how N'Kobe Dean kind of enters the equation. But I guess that's a good thing for the Eagles if they can say that, you know, their first-round pick and then their, their kind of anticipated or celebrated third-round pick aren't necessarily going to be starters right away because guys ahead of them are either better or, or t- more talented at the moment. Now, I only bring up, don't they need Davis to be more impactful because aren't they – Maybe Gannon won't say this, and maybe I'm wrong, but aren't they hoping that his presence on the field will open things up for T.J. Edwards and Kaiser White yeah. and Hassan yeah. Reddick and make those guys more impactful? Yeah, I mean, there's yes, they certainly, if you remember last year, they had a real big issue in run defense, especially at the start of the year. They were awful in run defense, and Jonathan Gannon wants to play his safety's a little bit away from the line of scrimmage. He wants to keep everything in front. That's a big philosophy. But in order to do that, you know, when you're going to play those light boxes, keep the safety out, you got to stop the run. And they couldn't. So that's where Jordan Davis's impact is supposed to be felt most. He's supposed to be able to come in there with this new multiple front defense and, you know, take up two blockers and help those running backs get downhill into the gaps, tackle the running back for, you know, and keep it to a minimal gain or a loss. And, that's where he, and that's supposed to help the whole entire defense because, like I mentioned, then you've got your your opposing offense and quarterback facing second and long and 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 being behind the sticks a lot. That is the that's the vision right now that you have. Uh, Jeff Mosher, football at four. Um, Jason Huntley did not make the team. I don't know if that's a surprise. He, he did have a good game. I thought eleven for ninety uh, had that six yard touchdown run. I mean, he showed a little bit more. But we know what he is. Um, are they, do they mm-hmm. stick with just the three guys? Are they going to be on the lookout when cuts are made tomorrow? I think they're going to stick with three guys on the initial 53 because I don't think they need anything else other than Sanders, Boston Scott, Kenny Gamewell. They could use a big back, you know, the guy who played the Jordan Howard role last year. But remember, Jordan Howard started on the practice squad then was getting elevated. They could do that similarly if they feel like there's a veteran out there. Um, the other part of that is, you know, Jalen Rager is on the trade block, of course. I mean, they, if, if a team wants to trade with the Eagles and they want to acquire Rager and they're having difficulty kind of finding the right match, maybe it's a pick, maybe it's a pick and a player, well, perhaps that player is kind of a, one of those bigger running backs that teams aren't usually afraid to give up. Mosh, um I guess we do have to ask your opinion on the game Saturday. I mean, do you oh. look at that and say... <laughs> Don't care. It's concerning. Don't like the mentality. I mean, all these teams do it differently. Uh, we saw Tom Brady play. We saw Fields play. We saw Tua play. We saw Miami play their starters. Uh, last year, uh, the Rams didn't play at all, and they won the Super Bowl. So does it not matter that this is the Eagles' philosophy, or would you like to see them play more guys? I don't. That, that didn't bother me. I, you know, I, I, I don't think that's as much of an issue and I don't think there's any long-term conclusions to be drawn from getting, you know, your ass kicked in Miami. <laughs> but there are a couple of things that, that stick out to me. One is that you did have backups there for the Eagles trying to fight for jobs and it didn't look that way. Uh, I think even a couple of them admitted after the game. Like a guy like Kevon Wallace, who I don't know if he's going to make it, you know, did not play particularly well. And you would have thought he's he would have said, all right, this is my shot. The Miami starters are out there. I got to do everything I can do. Uh, and he just didn't. And I felt like the entire team, a lot of guys, uh, played sort of lethargically. But So it made me think. 
and this is all speculative, but it's probably a good conversation for you guys. I wonder in retrospect if Nick Sirianni would have followed the same schedule because if you think about it, they were on the road last week, the prior week in Cleveland, two practices a game, came home for a short time, back on the road in Miami, two joint practices, well, what should have been two joint practices, but still practicing in Miami, preseason game. Come back home here, all right? You're home for a little bit, then you're going to be starting the season on the road. Those joint practices are pretty intense. They're, they're very intense, and there's a lot that goes on. And I just wonder, just being down in Miami, watching the practice, you know, Adam and I were there, and then seeing the game, if they just have no legs at this point. Because those joint practices take a lot, traveling takes a lot, and they were on the road basically for two straight weeks. And now they're home, but they're going to be practicing for a road game. Just knowing all that in retrospect, I wonder if Nick would have done anything differently there, kind of having a better sense of how tired his team might be. That's why he probably rested his starters. But just in general, I think that takes a lot out of you. Moshe, I asked you a few minutes ago about the identity and the defense. I I want your thoughts uh, on the offense and and more specifically, not just what their identity Mm -hmm. is going to be, uh, but how much more creativity can we expect to see, in your opinion, from Nick Sirianni? And I ask that with just Devontae Smith on my mind because we're all excited for A.J. Brown. We all assume uh, that A.J. Brown's just presence is going to open things up for Devontae. But uh, how will all of that sort of coincide with hopefully a new and improved offense? Yeah. So creativity is something I'm wondering about because I I don't feel that Nick Sirianni's pedigree, and and I would probably say the same with Shane Steichen when he coming from the Chargers, was creativity in what you see now with like Shanahan style offenses or McVay style offenses, motion, misdirection, um, route kind of innovation. I think Nick Sirianni basically you know runs a traditional sort of West Coast offense that he probably learned a lot from under Frank Reich and Todd Haley and other guys before that, also when he was out in L.A. So, um, you know, I, I don't know that it's the most creative offense. I, you know, I expect this year's offense to be more RPO-driven. Uh, it started that way last year, but I don't think uh, clearly Jalen Hurts and the, and the offense is not ready for that. So I do think you'll see some, some good RPO games. Uh, you always see some good run schemes thrown up by Jeff Stoutland and the, the coaches, but I, I think it's got to be an execute offense, Ryan. I mean, the, it's got to be, uh, you know, they, they've got guys who can attack every level. They have an A.J. Brown who can t- turn a short pass into a long game, as well as hit the second and third level. I think Devontae Smith is a guy who flourishes in the second level and then occasionally the third. Um, and then they'll have Quez Watkins who, who can get vertical and then Zach Pascal, who's more of a uh, of a short pass guy and then of course their running game that they will try to balance off their passing game. they're going to try to pass a little more and see if that works this year uh, but I do think there's a, a, a big question mark in is Nick Sirianni and his staff Shane Sykin, Kevin Petula are these guys schemers or do they just kind of have their West Coast offense that just has to be an execute offense and not necessarily an outsmart you offense Jeff, I'll leave you with this because I'm looking at your 53. You and Adam both do not have Rieger on it. Does that mean he's getting traded? Because um, Adam's been pretty steadfast that they will not release him. Yes. Um, yeah, if you'll notice on our 53s, we actually kept 52 
with an asterisk saying that if Jalen Rager is traded, you could see a player come back, and that player would be 53. So I just I, I believe that's what's going to end up wind up happening. Now, do I know it's going to be Jalen Rager for a player that may not be and wind up being might wind up being a draft pick, and then therefore one of the guys who's on team now gets to stay? But I just don't see. I just don't see the sense of having Jalen Rager on the team as the fifth receiver just to return punts at that price. And I know that there are teams that liked Jalen Rager. I know there are teams that have called and been have been calling mm-hmm. about Jalen Rager. Um, a couple of teams lost wide receivers in the last week or two. So I just sense at the end of the day that Howie is going to find a fit there and someone will be able to there'll be a deal that they can make that, that seems fair to both. He's a hard guy, right, to deal because he was a former first-round pick. A lot of teams had him in that late one, early two area. He's obviously not produced. So if you're the Eagles, you don't want to just give him away for a fifth-round pick and cause that, say that's his value now because other teams are acquiring him thinking the same thing. We want that, that first or second rounder that we got. So you can try to build a conditional pick into it, like give me a, a five that can become a four or a four that can become a three or something, or you can take a low pick and a player. So there's some optionality there. All right. Uh, Eagles cut down day tomorrow. Uh, Britton Covey, uh, De- Devin Allen, John Hightower, Deion Kane, they're all still at practice, so they made it through the day. Uh, but tomorrow might be the day the Grim Reaper gets one of them. All right. We'll find out tomorrow's football at 4 uh, right here on the Sports Bash. And check out the Inside the Birds podcast for their 53-man roster predictions and thoughts. Uh, on this Eagles cutdown day coming up tomorrow. Thank you, Mosh. You got it. Have All a good right, one, Jeff guys. Mosher's back on uh, Wednesday, I believe. As uh, we're getting into the fall, we might have a new football at four schedule based on uh, the Inside the Birds guys' availability. But we'll uh, be starting our new fall lineup starting on Tuesday. What is that? The 6th, I guess? September 6th. Sounds right. We'll have a new fall lineup uh, with football guests and football-related segments. We'll keep our Philly stuff in there. We're going to be getting Sixers stuff as they get ready. That's going to be here soon. It is. Can't wait. Uh, we got headlines on the other side. More Sports Bash on the way. Uh, I'm Mike Gill. Ryan Rossi sitting in for Pete Thompson today. We are live at the Gallery Bar Book and Games at Ocean Casino Resort. All football season long. And don't forget... Go to our website, 97.3ESPN.com, and enter to win tickets to go see Stained in Concert at Ovation Hall here. That concert's September 10th. Your name will be on the will call list if you're a winner. We have five pair of tickets to give away. Uh, We'll give those away on Friday's show during Happy Hour Friday. We'll announce the five winning names. Stained in Concert here at Ocean Casino Resort. Get the app. Download the app, win great tickets all football season with the Sports Bash. I'm Mike Gill, back with more Bash on the way. Now on 97.3 ESPN. All right, let's take a look at today's headlines. What do we got today? Josh Henning's my producer. Ryan Rothstein's in for Pete Thompson. I'm Mike Gill. We're live at Ocean Casino Resort here in Atlantic City. We got the stain tickets on our website. Go to 97.3ESPN.com and sign up to win those tickets. We're going to keep giving away five pairs thanks to uh, the team here at Ocean. This place is great, man. Oh, it's sweet. How do you not just want to post up here? Post up all day. College football Saturday is back. This is a great place to spend it. Now, did you watch any college football Saturday? A little bit. A little? Yeah, I watched a little. You know, it's it's great that it's back. I cannot lie. 
I did not watch a lot of Saturday football. Me either. I was calling the high school game on Friday, uh, Saturday night. Mm-hmm. So, and I know there was a lot of games on during the day, but I was tied up all day Saturday. And I just, you know, the Nebraska, uh, if Nebraska Northwestern's the best game you're going to throw at me, I was just kind of like, eh. You're not catching it. Nah, it wasn't all <laughs> that. Thursday night, that. I will be, Thursday night I'll be locked. Penn State, Purdue, West Virginia, Pitt. You got real games on, right. on Thursday night. So I'm ready for that. Backyard brawl, baby. I know. I was, a bunch of my college roommates are, are trying to go or we're going to go. And we were like, yeah, we'll go. And then, no, we weren't. And at the last minute, people wanted to go again. Now we're just kind of like, eh. If the game was in Morgantown, I would have gone. I know that yeah. sounds weird because, like, Pittsburgh's the city and Morgantown's just Morgantown. No, not I, that I, Morgantown's not awesome. But, like, I, I haven't been back to Morgantown since I left. Yeah, dude, me either. It's I've actually been trying to make it a point of mine to get back there. Me too. Maybe this year. Well, I went and visited my girlfriend's campus last summer. So I said, all right, no, now we got to go check out Morgantown. Which is? You can't share that with oh, the audience? Oh, East Carolina. Campus? East oh. Carolina. Oh, all right. Yeah. Which was cool. I, I enjoyed Greenville. Yeah, I heard ECU's a good time. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's not WU, but. Uh, nope. <laughs> Nothing is. Nothing is. That's right. I haven't seen WV, though, since I left, so who knows? It could be completely different, which I think it is. Uh, I've heard it is completely. Well, from even from when I went to when you went. Yes. It's completely true. different. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Keep that in mind. All right. Uh, all right, uh, Josh, what do you got today? Well, I was going to ask you guys, what sport do you want to start with? Do you want me to go baseball, college, football, NFL? What do you want to go first? Uh, you know what? Since we were just talking about Dub V, Josh, let's go college football. All right. So we got two college football. So I'll start with this one. Did you guys see what Michigan is doing with their quarterback job? Yes, a little bit. Uh, you know, they, they have two, uh, and Harbaugh didn't say much, right? Uh, well, that's the problem. I think Harbaugh doesn't know when to stop talking now. Uh, so <laughs> the, the news came out over the weekend, which I thought I was a little bit too inebriated when I saw it at first. So I saved this story and read it the next day to make sure I was clear. Classic. Apparently, apparently I wasn't drunk enough that this was fake. So apparently Michigan is going to alternate quarterback starters. So Cade McNamara is going to start against Colorado State in week one. J.J. McCarthy will start in week two against Hawaii. And then the week after that, Jim Harbaugh says they are going to decide after those two games who the starting quarterback will be moving forward. And he went on to explain today to the media as a follow-up that this is a process that he's basing on what he's read of King Solomon in the Bible. Who are the two guys? Like, who are their opponents? Week one is Colorado State. Mm-hmm. Week two is Hawaii. So neither opponent is anything special. No, neither opponent is like some elite defense. Right. No, I was wondering, like, did somebody kind of like, hey, we're playing. He's getting Hawaii, and I'm stuck facing. Ohio State. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, just make it fair. Yeah. Hey, listen, maybe uh, they haven't separated themselves yet. Nah, it's the dumbest thing. It's absolutely idiotic. I mean, well, what's the guy doing? <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. Like, Harbaugh says it's great for our team, and this will build a championship culture. No, you know, it's the only thing worse than one one bad quarterback is two quarterbacks. You can't have two quarterbacks starting. Well, maybe he thinks he has two bad ones. 
I guess so. <laughs> One's not good enough to win the damn job. Like, if you're at the point where you, like, you know, believe me, I've been there, where you're going back and forth, like, what should we do? Who we play? Who's better? I get it. You but don't you... see enough. You're like, hey, you know what? I need to see them actually in a game situation. No, I think all you do is you make the decision. So whoever the quarterback was that you mentioned, Josh, that's starting week one. Cade McNamara. Okay, McNamara. That's our starter. All right. right. Now, what if McNamara make... goes out and has, like, 400 yards exactly. and three touchdowns? Are you going to tell him he's not starting the he's next week? He's not starting next week. That's Harbaugh's yeah, right. thing. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what he's saying now. I would I would bet a lot of money. Right. That... That's where I have a problem with that exactly. whole mindset. Is exactly. That kid goes out there and plays. You know, he earns an opportunity. For man, sure. you can't take me off the field. No. Come on, man. Too I'm going to jump over to baseball now. So... Uh, Aroldis Chapman is back on the injured list, but oh, this, I did see this. But this time, this one? it's not yeah. it's not a baseball injury. No. So Aaron Boone explained to the media after their recent game versus the A's that Chapman has an infection in his leg after getting a new tattoo, and that has landed him on the injured list. They've been putting him up in a hotel room, giving him quote antibiotics and any medications we can find to treat it. Yeah, now, that's that's no joke. Is that acceptable? What that from Chapman's standpoint? Right, you're you're a, the team's closer in the middle of the season, and you went out and got ink on your leg. Yeah, what is he not allowed to live his life? I'm when... not saying you can't get a tattoo. I'm just saying, how about in season? Now he can't perform. He's on the damn injured list because of it. Yeah, I, I mean, you you have to look at him right as as the guy that's to blame, and I, I would say. You know, he didn't take you care of you're it. Telling he me, didn't take care right, of it, too. You're telling me that if uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez got put on the uh, the injured list right now because he had an infection from a tattoo, you wouldn't be livid? No, I'd be furious. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, now at what point, you know, the, the Yankees have that rule where, like, you can't have any facial hair. Correct. At what point do the Yankees say no tattoos in season? <laughs> or any other team? Ah. Or any other team now say, listen... You can't get a tattoo in season. I can't afford to lose you for for two weeks because you got an infection because you know how to treat your damn tattoo. I, I don't know, man. You're, you're walking a fine line there, I think, with that type of policy. Well, let me ask this question. Which is more unacceptable, Chapman getting an infection midseason from a tattoo or Chet Holmgren ending his season before it begins by playing in a pro-am? No, that he was playing with real players in yeah. that. Yeah, that's fine. And LeBron a lot of those guys do that. Although I did say last week, at what point do these teams start to say, Put sorry, you contract. can't play. You can't do this. Right, you can't play on these summer teams. Like, you got guys playing at Rucker Park. I mean... I mean, listen, the Cardinals put it in Kyler Murray's contract that he has to hold a clipboard X amount of hours a day. So who, who the heck knows? <laughs> I mean, it's all on the table here, fellas. I, I'm just saying, at what point does the NBA team say, look, I'm sorry, you just can't play in? Now, that's a whole gray area, too. Like, can you not play on the Olympics? Can you not play in the World Games? Yeah. Can you not play? Like, I can understand if you're a team, I wouldn't want my guy playing in, like, some summer league. Yeah, but you want them to practice, right? You want them to stay fresh. I mean, that's what these guys do, especially NBA ball players. They like to play in pro ams. They like to stay fresh and play in other leagues. I mean, LeBron James was playing in that pro am. Yeah, in fact, exactly. LeBron James was with the guy on guarding him. Yeah. on guarding him when he got injured. Yeah. No, I would say that. No, I think to me, getting the tattoo and getting the infection is significantly more. Uh, um, yeah, like like you're holding him accountable for yeah, it. Yeah, no question. I mean, I agree. you make the decision to go get a tattoo. I'm not 
you go for it. You're allowed to have a tattoo. I don't care if you get that. But you can't have it affect your ability to help your team. At that point, that's unacceptable. Uh, did you guys hear about the NFL mascots over the weekend? I saw some video on this. No, I didn't. The Ravens' main mas- guy who plays the mascot named Poe was carted off the field during a halftime youth base uh, uh, football game. So it was this youth football team versus all of these mascots. And the Ravens' mascot, Poe, had to be carted off the field. They thought it was a fake injury at first. But Poe couldn't get up off the turf. Three people had to help him stabilize his left leg. Poe was caught from behind and got pushed to the ground by a teenage football player. Well, what do you expect? You have, you, you're requiring these people to go put on this extremely hot, massive, uncomfortable mascot uh, thing. And you're, uh, and you're playing and a play game football. at all. Yeah, you're begging for an injury. Yeah, that didn't, I mean... You could uh, envision that going the wrong way. The story would have been if no one got hurt. Yeah. Now, the best part is a replacement for Poe emerged midway through the third quarter, which drew cheers from the M&T Bank Stadium. But most fans had no idea it was another person who came out in the in the mascot uniform. Oh, so they replaced the guy inside. Yes. Gotcha. Stealing the dude's cheers. Slick. It's not right. This guy Slick might get move. Wally pipped, boys. <laughs> you have lost your position. You ever wear the mascot outfit before? I, I haven't. I have. I've done I wore, that. I did it when I was an intern. Really? Back in, yeah. Like, How was that? Awful. <laughs> yeah. Those and things get really day, hot, man. I went to the mascot day. It was at the Philadelphia Zoo. Okay. So it was like every mascot from the city was like, you know, the fanatics there. The who's who of mascots. Right. I mean, you got like the Drexel Dragon, <laughs> the hawk dude doing yeah. the hawk thing. Never stop you know? his arms. And so. I'm just like, all right, I, I need a. I, I, <laughs> I don't belong here. This is not what I'm hoping for in my internship. <laughs> They did not put this in the job yeah. description. I at least got paid to do mine. So Yeah, no, no pay. Mm, it's rough. I got paid to uh, dress up as one year was Frosty the Snowman. Another year was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. One year was Easter Bunny for breakfast. Were, were you working at the mall? What were you doing? Cold Stone Harbor, my friend. Oh, okay. You might want to venture out of Atlantic County at some point. All right. Eh, you don't have to. <laughs> Okay. Not if you're going to have to dress like a <laughs> yeah, Frosty, uh, the Frosty the Snowman. I'm out. It doesn't sound like something I'm all that intrigued by. That was a pretty good paying gig. All right, one more story for you guys. New Jersey man has been sentenced to three years in prison for selling fake Tom Brady Super Bowl rings. Hmm. So apparently this guy pretended to be a Patriots player and purchased family versions of the Patriots 2016 Super Bowl rings. He falsely claimed the rings were going to be given to Tom Brady's nephews. Scott Spina purchased the rings because he found a loophole in the system. The 25-year-old started the scheme in 2017 when he purchased Super Bowl ring awarded to a Patriots player who had currently left the team. Now, once he got the one ring, it was asked him, would you like rings for family and friends? To which he thought, well, I just made $63,000 off of the one ring so Spina called the ring company back, identified himself as a former player again, and said he was ordering three family and friend rings f- 
for Tom Brady's nephews. Jeez. There's a lot there, right? <laughs> There's a lot to unpack. So he fir he started this by actually obtaining a real Super Bowl ring, right? Yes. Okay, and then he basically parlayed that uh, come up into a whole scheme. Yes. Ah, you got to give the guy some credit to a degree. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> wondering how it got that far. Yeah, exactly. And I, I look at the people that actually bought but did they buy real rings off of him, or were they fake? Yes. So what happened was is... Well, how did he get those rings? Right. Well, no, no, no. He got the rings through the loophole in the first place and then sold them. That's how he got caught, because it was after he sold the other three rings. According to reports, he sold the rings to an auction house for a hundred grand before one of the rings then resold... For three hundred and thirty-seven thousand. Yeah, but my question is, what did he do wrong? If he had the real rings, what did he do wrong? Right. He ordered them fraudulently. He pretended to be a Patriots player. Oh, oh. that's the people's fault that <laughs> accepted the order. He pled guilty to one count of mail fraud, three counts of wire fraud, and one count of aggravated identity theft. Well, right. He he profited it off of uh, uh, yeah. off of a false identity. Uh, all right. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Crazy. He also had to pay restitution of sixty-three grand to the former Patriots player who has currently been remained anonymous due to court sealed records. Mm. All right, uh, Sports Pass Live ninety-seven three ESPN, the ninety-seven three ESPN free mobile app. Speaking of the app, download the app on your phone and you can enter to win tickets to see Stained in concert here at Ocean Casino Resort. That's on September the tenth. Go to our website now, ninety-seven three. ESPN.com. We're brought to you by the American Airlines in Atlantic City International Airport. ACY has your one-stop ticket to over 90 domestic and international destinations. Book at AA.com. All right, we got a lot to do. Phillies, uh, is this a baseball town or not really? We'll get in, back into some fills and more. Sports Bash 97.3 ESPN. Now on 97.3 ESPN. All right, Sports Bash Live. Hey, next hour, I want to get some back into the Phils. Phils play the, uh, I didn't see the lineup. It's probably out there by now. Oh, no, they play a night game out in uh, Arizona, so it's probably not out there yet. Yeah, 940 start. The 940. Oof. Need a nap. 940 tonight. What will I be doing? Oh, Bachelor. Bachelorette. Come down to the final couple here. It's embarrassing. Uh, last week you had the... Uh, some of the hometowns, they got one more left to go, right? Lauren knows. It's exciting stuff. Yeah. The guy from Wildwood didn't make it. Damn it. I bet on him. <laughs> uh, so, uh, like, uh, I was like, I wonder if the guy listens. I liked him. He, he, I thought he did a good job. He really handled himself well. He's doing, he said he's over her. He's moved on. Good for him. Good for him. <laughs> uh, all right, Sports Bash, we got Phil's next hour. Some Eagles thoughts, some Eagles moves. Go to our website, 97.3ESPN.com. Win those tickets sustained here at Ocean's Ovation Hall. This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. All right, final hour of the show. We're live at Ocean Casino Resort in the gallery. Bar book and games. Right here, I just kind of say the campus of Ocean Casino. This is legit like a campus. This place is gigantic. It is beautiful. 
and the bar booking games is the place to be all football season it starts this weekend baby thursday night college football's back college football saturday and then thursday night the nfl kicks off next thursday night not this thursday night and then we're into the season and then we're just ripping it down from now until february super bowl what's that 53 this year 54 for the super bowl um we're giving away tickets to see stained go to our website 973espn.com enter to win those it's easy to do go to the web all the information is right there on happy hour friday we'll announce the winner josh will be in for me on friday Super Bowl 57. Yeah, that's right. The Eagles were 50. What? Two? That was five years ago. All right, Mike Gill. Uh, Ryan Rothstein filling in for Pete Thompson today. Uh, you can listen to Ryan in a variety of ways. The Philadelphia City Cast is his five day a weeker. You can download the podcast Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, we talked last hour about one thing with the Eagles that you're and we can throw this out to the listeners 609-403-0973 609-403-0973 one thing you're excited for with the Eagles I went with the addition of AJ Brown I liken it to TO you said well yeah the the, the, the impact of TO to the Eagles offense that year yeah, it's and I said this, and A.J. Brown's exciting, but when you look at that situation with T.O., regardless of what anyone thought about McNabb, you knew what you had in McNabb, and you also yeah. knew that this Eagles team was knocking down the door trying to of the Super Bowl. Uh, so Yeah, they here, were close. Yeah, here it's like, all right, we know we're going to be better on offense, but we still don't really know what we are coach coming off of his first year quarterback coming off of his first year as a starter uh there's just too many question marks i think that's why i think it's definitely fair to bring that up just just to throw into the mix look hey hurts is just not what mcnab was right that's an argument that his numbers would say otherwise right jalen's numbers jalen hurts numbers Uh, probably better than mcnab's were well, yeah, it was a little bit different back then, I mm-hmm. guess, as far as offense. Well, and keep this in mind, too. And I think this is why I, I don't want to hyperbolize it. I'm, and, again, I'm not saying A.J. Brown's better than T.O. I'm just talking about the impact of the offense. And the reason is T.O. came into an offense that really had nothing. I mean, they had Brian Westbrook. Don't get me what wrong. What do you mean? They had Todd Pinkston. Right, exactly. <laughs> that the number two guy was still Todd Pinkston. Yeah. The Eagles add A.J. Brown and why he's not Terrell Owens He's still a top 10 wide receiver in the league. And Definitely, you've yeah. got Devonta Smith on the other side, who is way better than Pinkston was. <laughs> I w- yes, that, that's for damn sure. It's almost disrespectful uh, to Devontae just to put him in that same sentence. But- right. So you have now added a player. That's my point of the, the impact of adding him could be like the impact of adding. Because I think what it will do is make Hurts a better player. Oh, I, and I think, while McNabb yeah, was not a bad quarterback by any stretch, he was very good. I think he went from very good to MVP level with Owens. Now, can adding A.J. Brown 
make Hurts go from a good quarterback to a really good quarterback. What can Brown do for you? Yes. <laughs> that's, good one. That's, thank you. Thank you. What can Brown do for you? you know, I, I, while we're on the A.J. Brown topic, because I think it's a good one, I, I've talked about this a little bit on the CityCast. Devontae Smith is such a, a question mark to me, and, and not necessarily in a bad way, but how will Brown's arrival impact Devontae Smith? Because we all hope and assume it's going to be in the positive. Right. But, can you envision a way? I don't know what the numbers are in terms of over-unders for yardage, but can I, you yeah. get three guys to 1,000? So I know Devontae Smith is at 850. Dallas Goddard was at 750. I like the over there. For Dallas Goddard, Goddard. That's my favorite bet I've given out. 750. Hammer the over. What's the odds on that? Uh, it's, you know, for, for season totals, it's always usually minus 110 on both sides. Uh, and then I hammered the over for Dallas Goddard total touchdowns, six and a half. Um, I'm not as high on that one as I am the 750. I think he's going to cruise past 750. I do, too. Yeah. I do, too. Uh, 850 is the number for Devontae. Devontae What's A.J. Brown? 1,000 on the nose, I thought it yes. was, right? Yep. 1,000 and a half. Can I get 1,000 for all three? Is that possible? <laughs> Come on. That, if that happens, Jalen's, Jalen Hurts is easily throwing for 4,500 yards, is he not? Not necessarily. If they get 3,000 and let's say Quez Watkins gets like 500, I mean, and then the running back gets, I think, 350. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're around 3,800 yards maybe. I guess. It's I mean, far-fetched. I, I agree. Yeah, it's far-fetched. I mean, Hurts had, what, just over 3,600 last year. That's what I mean. Like, his numbers. Or 3,200, excuse me. If you look at his number, yeah, 3,200 plus he had, what, 700 plus, uh, yeah, rushing. 784 on the ground, yeah. Yeah, so you look at a guy who compiled almost 4,000 total yards. And this offense is, you know, expected to be much better. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess so. I, I can see it. I'll, I'll say that. I certainly wouldn't bet it or predict it. So, for the listeners out there, what's one eagles thing that you're excited for what's the one thing that excites you the most about this team 609-403-0973 609-403-0973 so you said the linebackers that's right they would make my top three they, they would have to uh i mean there's no wrong answer here obviously that's why it's a good one but uh, this team has pretty much gone out of their way for 20 years to avoid addressing the linebacker situation this year they just heavily focused on it with you know three new acquisitions they got uh well they brought in nicobe dean who just kind of fell into their lap i mean i don't think they really no you know like they weren't going to that draft saying hey i want to go get nicobe dean it was like okay he's here what um, what am i gonna do now yeah well we can't not do it now right that's fair and then they got kaiser white on a one-year deal just kind of like all right let's do what we've always done. Just try to find somebody at a cheap price. Mm-hmm. Uh, T.J. Edwards was their own guy. Davion Taylor they had. Who was the third guy? Am I missing somebody? Uh, maybe I'm thinking of Hassan Riddick, but he's more of uh, a... That's fair. I mean, yeah. I don't know what they're classifying him as. A, I guess he's a Sam linebacker. So yeah. That's fair. Yeah, you know, he's an end, but also linebacker. True, so, true, true. You know, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. And As I say, I'm excited for the linebackers. Not to get ahead of ourselves, but I also still am concerned about what Gannon's going to do with them. <laughs> See, that doesn't worry me all that much. I feel like Gannon got a bad rap last year. I just don't think he had very good personnel. Man. Who did he get? A, I know some. Listen, fans are always going to be 
bleeping and moaning about the defense and the defensive coordinator in this town, right? So when I say I'm concerned, I'm not necessarily bashing Gannon. I just don't know. I mean, if I'm going off of last year, I would say, no, I'm not all that optimistic, but I just don't feel he had the personnel, man. I just, like, I just don't think they had the personnel that he, that he needed to do what he wants to do. That defense last year, MG, was the definition of vanilla. Yeah, I mean, but it's like, who did they have on that defense? You lost Brandon Graham. I hear you. So you didn't really have a pass rush. No. Um, Cox struggled. They just did right. And then they had Fletcher Cox, but he's really not. That's why they went on got Jordan Davis, because Fletcher yeah. Cox not really the type of defensive tackle that John Gannon wants. And they had no, like, basically um, pin your ear back. And, like, Hassan Reddick is a legit pass rusher, double-digit sack guy. They just didn't have that guy. I mean, their safeties are just not. And they don't have playmaking safeties now either, uh, to be fair. But they just don't have a playmaker at safety. They were weak at the at the one corner spot. I don't say weak. They were just average. Steve Nelson was just an average player. At best. So I, I feel like he just didn't really have the personnel. No. I, now, I'll be I, tougher I on him this year. You have to be. Yeah. I mean, this is, once again, uh, he has all of the, the resources for this to be a top five defense. Um, all right. So one thing that you're excited for with the Eagles. Yep. Now, what's one thing that concerns you? <laughs> Let me get out my scroll here. So uh, Wait. If you were to put your concerns and your excitement on a list together, which one would have more? Concerns. Really? A long list of concerns. Wow. I, I think... All right, let's break these down. Yeah, let's break them down. I, I mean, some of them I think could be defined as... Your mind's easy. Questions. What's yours? Start with yours. I, I just am concerned about the safety position. Oh, I don't know what that's you're doing a weak there. answer. I'm saying I don't have as many concerns as you seem to have. You have no concerns with the head coach? No concerns with either uh, coordinator? Um, nah, I don't... I don't know enough about the head coach. Well, that's sort of that's sort of my Why point. would I have a concern about a head coach that was a rookie head coach and got me to the playoffs last year? He only had one one season, right? Is that one well, nine? He and was it, successful he in was. that one I'm, season. Listen, I'm not crushing him. I think what he did was told me that he's a leader. I agree. I agree he, that he's a leader. I mean, listen, to even get that job, you have to be somewhat of a leader. But the fact that they went out, they threw, 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 yeah. and then he said, this ain't working. And then he threw the playbook out. Right? Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's right. And then he said, this isn't working. I give him a ton of credit for recognizing that. I do, too, man. I, I, I do, too. But so I maybe just, that's why I don't say I, I have questions about this guy, because he already showed me that I can do an about-face. But that's why I... I bring him up a little bit because I think he won so many of us over in in doing that last season that I just want to sit here and say to Eagles fans, hey, listen, it's only one year as NFL head coach. He did pass the play calling over to Shane Steichen. I, I, I want to see what both sides of the ball does this year yep. with more talent. So I, That's I, fair to say, but I don't know if it's a concern for me. Maybe it's not a full-on negative, but it's a it's a question mark. Like I feel like this staff, specifically Sirianni, is equipped to make adjustments. I, I agree with the adjustments, yeah. But, but I look at this team, and on paper, they're a Super Bowl-caliber roster, talent-wise. Right? So I'm concerned that this coaching staff is not going to be equipped... Mm. to deliver on the talent that's on paper. 
I'll throw another concern I have out. It's the running back from top to bottom. That depth chart, that position on the depth chart, I should say, should be a concern for almost all Eagles fans. See, I like Boston Scott, and I'm not saying that he's a 17-game starter. Love I'm just saying I like him so that if you lost Sanders for three or four games, I think Scott's fine in those three, four games. I don't hate Sanders. I think they could use him better. I do too, yeah. And that ties into my first concern. (laughs) You know, I mean, I I just look at this running back uh, group, this room, and I think Gainwell's going to be pretty good. I know John. I a lot of people have talked, but I think he's going to be a weapon. I, I agree with that. I, I hope uh, that's the case at least. There's he has the so potential. many backs in this league that no one ever heard of. You know, they play at smaller colleges, or they were like not a big role in college, or they split time, and they rush and then for they a come thousand. into the league, and you're <laughs> like, my God, this guy's awesome! Like, <laughs> yeah. the kid who plays for Minnesota when Cook uh, Alexander Madison. Now, apparently, they're taking some calls, but who has ever heard of him before? And anytime Dalvin Cook goes out, that dude goes off. Yeah. Right? I mean, absolutely. so that running back position, I just feel like. Doesn't is, matter. <laughs> not that it doesn't matter. I don't think that's fair. But that it is. There's just so much talent at that position. But because it's not a glamour position anymore, like a first-round pick. I know. It's because crazy. these how guys it's... are like fifth-rounders, you don't view them the same because of where they get drafted. But. You have to understand and shift your your thoughts because running backs just don't get drafted in the first round. Yeah, they, they've almost become a second class citizen. Yeah, running backs. <laughs> it's like ah, let's just run them into well, the ground. Which is we'll move funny. On. Like, okay, if I told you, like, you know, when I was growing up, and probably you, you wanted to be the running back, right? I was like, I'm the running back, man. Yeah. But if I told back. you, because back then, if you were the running back, you were getting drafted in the first round, you were going to make all the money. And you're probably the best player on the team. Right. Now, if I told you, hey, you're going to running back, you're probably going to get drafted in the fifth round, or <laughs> somewhere between the third and the fifth. Not making You're not going to make less than a million bucks for, yeah. like, three years, and then they're not going to re-sign you after you ran the ball, like, you know. But you could play offensive line <laughs> and, and yeah. make millions. And dude, you, What would you do? Dude, how about this? I look at running back, and it was equal, like peewee running back, right, or a grade school running back was equal to playing shortstop. Now it's yeah. equal to playing right field and little. League. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just like, it's a joke. No, I haven't been to, a, like, a junior football league game in a while, like <laughs> yeah. Ventnor Pirates. or There's so many junior leagues out there now, I, I don't even know what they're called. Dude, for all of the fans that complain about the Eagles not running the ball enough, just go to a, a, a kid's football game. You'll see plenty of run plays. Well, no, I was going to say, <laughs> so, like, that level, like the junior leagues, like, yeah. I, there's, like, three different leagues now. I found this all out last year. There's, like, the ACJFL. There's, like, the Cape. Why? People Not just can't kids. get along, man. <laughs> and uh, I think they can't field a team. Uh, no, it's there, there's all sorts of different rules. One league has weight. The other league doesn't have weight. Ah. And there's a third league that I don't know what's different about them compared to the others. But So there's three leagues, and, like, all three leagues have, like, six teams in them. <laughs> Instead of, like, hey, let's, play a, let's get along here and, and have a league with, like, Right. 16 teams. Now they all split up. So anyway, at that level is the running back cool. <laughs> like, or are they throwing the ball all over the place too? Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. I feel like now it's it's just you put the, the best player under center, right? Right. Like when, when I played high school, nobody could play wide receivers. You had no wide receivers. You couldn't throw the ball. Nobody threw. Well, exactly. When I played high school, 
it didn't really it's like all right let's get a kid that can hand the ball off no disrespect right. to our quarterback like, who the heck would want to be arm. the quarterback yeah exactly it's like you want to be you want to be the running back or you want to play defense yeah so that's why like my concern is not with that running back position because i feel like for the most part these guys are talented it's just that where they get drafted makes you not know them as much or not view them as it's almost like Marcus Epps. He was a fifth round pick, so we're all concerned. But yeah, what if exactly, he's actually exactly, really good? Exactly. <laughs> you know I, what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree with that. I don't have as much concern uh, and skepticism in the, in the safety and Epps as I think others do. I the reason why I bring up the running back MG. You have the best offensive uh, line in the NFL. You look at the success they had last year. Everyone out there, including myself is saying, all right, can Hurts become better as a passer? You still don't want to get away from what made you successful last year. Like, I still want Hurts to have 500 rushing yards. I have said this on many shows that I have appeared on, is that I still think that the Eagles should be a run-first team and that the difference is when they pass the ball, they have bigger plays in their passing game than they had. They couldn't get any big plays in the pass game last year. They had no big play players. But now, second last year in big plays. They don't have to go from throwing the ball 28 times to 38 times. I think those 28 times will just have more opportunity. Yes, I would hope so. I would hope so. I think big is a nice way to say better, but the you know, potato potato, right? Like and that's where I look at Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts. Can Jalen Hurts take advantage of all of that and deliver the ball down the field to his playmakers? Yeah. Um I think he can. I, I don't so. look at Hurts as like a guy who holds you back. I just wonder why if, he might be. He might. He might. I don't look at him and say, "Ah, no worries. Let's move oh, on." Oh, I'm not saying no worries. Yeah. I'm just saying I don't think he holds you back. All right. Well, that's more than I can say. Like I think he can deliver the ball. I think he can throw. And here's the big difference. Like McNabb's problem. He was completing like 55, 56% of his passes because the weapons he had didn't help him. Well, yeah. You get Terrell Owens, all of a sudden he's up to 65% because that guy will catch everything you throw in his direction. You, Sometimes you need your guys to help you out, too. Yes, agree. And that's obviously going to improve the numbers. You also, it doesn't count as a completion if you skip it into their knees, which is what McNabb did. Yeah, but it's funny. <laughs> I mean, his completion percentage for his career is what, like 58%, something like sure. that? Yeah. And then the year he got T.O., he was like 65%. I mean, course, he went yeah. up significantly because, you know what? When you have Pinkston and Thrash, you better throw the ball right in their numbers. Otherwise, they ain't catching it. (laughs) Yeah, even then, it's not guaranteed. Exactly. But when you throw the ball to T.O., I can throw it a little high. I can throw it a little wide. I can throw it behind him. I can throw it a little here. He doesn't have to get it delivered to his numbers every single time. And Jalen Hurts is not some pinpoint accurate passer. Now, he's not erratic all over the place, but he's not going to throw it on your numbers every single time. No, he's not. And to your point, in 2003, McNabb uh, completion percentage, 57 and 04-64. Big, huge, huge jump. Huge. Huge jump. Huge. Now, if Jalen Hurts makes that big of a jump. Well, last year, 61% for Jalen. All right. Now, let's say he goes to 68%. That's a big deal. That's a huge that jump. Be, I don't think that would be the case. But for but the sake just, of this. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, yeah. he could go from 61 to 68 simply because... Hey, there's a couple balls that, you know, you threw last year to mm-hmm. Jalen Rager. 
and now you're throwing that same play to A.J. Brown. Yes. No, it's it's a good point. I, I just hope he's able to deliver the balls to the other guys, right? When A.J. Brown's getting doubled and that six-yard, seven-yard slant isn't open, are you able to deliver it 30, 40 yards down the field to Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins and up the middle to Goddard? I think the 750 number on Goddard is the that, best number you've thrown out at me all day. That's the best bet to make right now. Listeners out there, go hammer that over. <laughs> you won't be disappointed. So we've got uh, Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports. He's got a new show, by the way, that debuted this morning. It's called Wake Up uh, NFC East. And uh, basically uh, similar to what we do on our segment here, we talk NFC East. So we'll take a look at uh, what's going on in the NFC East. Uh, there's a trade today. We've seen some, you know, Sony Michelle got released. Got any interest in him? You're talking about concerns with the running back. Yeah, if he's the same guy that, you know, I remember him to be, absolutely. He got released down in Miami. Um, hmm. The Jaguars have released a couple of uh, interesting receivers. Uh, one was uh, Latron, Tread- Latron um, Treadwell, who was – he was the number one wide receiver in that draft class a couple of years ago. It wasn't a very good draft class, but he Still. has really been a bust. Yeah, I would yeah. say so. So uh, you're starting to see some names uh, start to drop uh, from rosters by 4 o'clock tomorrow. You've got to get down to the uh, 53 number by 4 o'clock. All right, Sports Bash Live. Um, Phillies tonight. You know, they're taking on Arizona. Uh, right now, which athlete in Philadelphia is the biggest X factor between now and the new year? Which athlete has to make the biggest impact? Text us 609 403 0973. I think this one's easy. Easy? Yeah. Okay. The X factor guy. For that team's success, who is the biggest X factor? We'll get into that. Uh, Jeff Kerr on the other side. Sports Bash is live at the Gallery Bar Book and Games inside Ocean Casino Resort. All football season long on Mondays. We will be live right here on Mondays. And by the way, the Eagles play Monday night in week two. So let's have a bunch of people out here getting ready for that game inside Ocean Bar Book and Games. Don't forget, we got tickets to see Stained. They're going to be playing live here at Ovation Hall at Ocean Casino. Go to our website, 973ESPN.com, and you can win tickets. I got five pair of tickets I'm giving away Friday's show during Happy Hour Friday. If we announce your name, you're going to see Stained in Concert right here at Ocean Casino's Ovation Hall. When we come back, we'll talk NFL, NFC East. Jeff Kerr from CBS Sports on the way. Now on 97.3 ESPN. Back Sports Pass Live, 97.3 ESPN. A little news during the break there. According to the NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo are finalizing a new contract. Going to make him the highest paid backup in the NFL. <laughs> Jimmy G says, I'm not bleeping leaving. What a wild story that is. I mean, that came out of right field, right? There were some thoughts that he might get released today, and now he signs a new deal. I just don't understand how he could – I mean, I, I applaud that he's being a professional, uh, but he's got to think in his heart of hearts that he deserves that job. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I just wonder 
Is it the 49ers front office that says, all right, we just didn't get the call that we wanted for him, so screw it, we'll bring him back? Or they're not a believer in Trey Lance? Uh, that's a good question. I think it's fair to ask, are they keeping him around as insurance because they're not sold on Trey Lance? But why even go to Trey Lance then? You already know that you've got a guy that's gotten you to a Super Bowl. Well, because of what they, you know, where they drafted him. Why would they do that? No, no. That's the ultimate. Uh, Jeff Kerr, CBS Sports. Uh, his new show, Good Morning NSC East, debuted today on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. It's weekdays from 7 to 8 a.m., and he talks NFC East, NFL. And uh, all right, Jeff, react to this news uh, that the 49ers, I mean, this has got to be pretty surprising twist to this whole Jimmy G plot here. I thought Jimmy G was dead and gone uh, from San Francisco. And now Trey Lance has to look over his shoulder and look at, I don't care how the 49ers spin it, they can make him the inactive fourth quarterback. It doesn't matter. As long as Jimmy Garoppolo is on that roster, Trey Lance will be looking over his shoulder. Do you think the Niners are making a mistake here just handing this job? Because this is what they're doing. This was not a competition. They handed this job to Trey Lance. I felt like Steve Young had to work harder to get his job from Joe Montana than Trey Lance ever had to do to take the job from Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I still say the 49ers listen to too many talking heads, whether it's on ESPN, Fox, CBS, wherever, that Jimmy Garoppolo stinks. He's not any good. Well, all the stats say he is, and they want to say the offense. Well, let's see Trey Lance outperform this. That's why I'm curious to see how this, how really, how it's all going to pan out. Well, I mean, he did get him to a Super Bowl. So whether you think he's good or not, and he got it to an NFC Championship game. I want to be honest. And I think we all agree that is he flawed? Sure. Is he a guy that is a quote-unquote franchise quarterback? Maybe not. But the proof is in the pudding. The guy won, and he probably deserved another shot with this team. Uh, that being said, uh, he is now going to be the highest-paid backup in the league. My question to that would be, is this a ploy to make him more attractive in a trade? Like, was he making too much money before? I, I think so. I mean, the $22 million cap hit, notwithstanding, and there was really only one team that could pay Jimmy Garoppolo, and that was the Cleveland Browns. And they said, nah, fam, we're good. We're going with Jacoby Brissett. So, <laughs> I, I mean. Well, could, I, he have I, told, I could he have told San Francisco, I'm not interested in going there. I don't want to be a part of that circus. I, I mean, I'm sure that was part of it. I'm, I'm sure the 49ers catered to whatever Jimmy Garoppolo wanted. He probably looked at the situation and said, well, you're not going to trade me to Seattle. I don't really want to go there anyway. And Cleveland was the other option. I mean, Carolina was the team, I think, that ruined the whole Jimmy Garoppolo trademark. And when they said, you know what, we're going to blank first. We'll just trade for Baker Mayfield. And I think San Francisco was stuck. Do, do you think that's because it's an interesting point that MG brings up. Is this... Uh, for a restructured deal for a trade, I should say, Jeff? Is it for uh, doubt in Trey Lance uh, or something else? You know, I want to say there's some doubt in Trey Lance, but we haven't seen Trey Lance play enough this preseason to give him doubt. In the one game he played, he he really played. He looked good in the Green Bay game. So I think it's more of, okay, Trey Lance is a running quarterback. Who's our backup? The spectacular Nate Sudfeld or whatever Jeffrey Lurie called him. Unstoppable. I forget what Jeffrey Lurie called him a couple years ago. But they looked at the market. It was Nate Sudfeld, Brock Purdy as their backups. 
maybe they figured having Jimmy Garoppolo in the fold is better than nothing. And you well, know, hold on. So we, if he ends up, um, can they? Are they eligible to trade him now that they restructured the deal? I think there's a no trade clause in there, so I don't think he's going anywhere. Oh, okay. okay. Well, that, that changes the that whole situation. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, because um, you just mentioned, well, he doesn't want to go to Cleveland. He doesn't want to go to Seattle. I mean, so um, was it because he couldn't get traded to these places or because he didn't want to go there? I would say because he couldn't get traded to these places. Now, what happens when the market opens up, say, in October? And Cleveland's two and yeah. four. Jacoby Brissett is not playing well. Then you might want to go to Cleveland because right. so he has a no trade clause in there. That changes the thing. Well, remember, you know this all just happened. We're out on remote, so I'm trying to get some more of the details. And I see now that he has a no trade clause. I'm a boy, man. That changes. Like Are to me, baby, Jimmy Garoppolo changing the game. Yes. Um, I don't know. Does he have faith that Lance will sputter and that he has a chance to reclaim that job? Maybe I'm looking at it this way. Maybe he does believe his detractors and says, you know what? I'm second in the NFL in yards per attempt over the last four or five years. I'm one of the highest in passer ratings. I have one of the best road records all time. Mm-hmm. Let me just sit and ride the bench, and some team's going to pay me in free agency, and then we'll find out instead of I'm going somewhere, I stink it up, and then I won't get paid at all. Uh, Jeff Kerr, CBS Sports. Um, his show is called Good Morning NFC East. Uh, Jaquaski Tart released today by the Eagles, you know, and I don't know if it's a huge surprise, is it? Or are you kind of surprised that he did? What's that? Not to me, it wasn't. Okay. He was on the second and third team all camp. Yeah, I know the the, the aesthetics show that they didn't believe in him. So there's been a bunch of names that have started to kind of leak out early. Has anything jumped off the page at you in terms of any position. You know, I've seen uh, Sony Michelle, Raquel Armstead's a local running back. Um, you know, the Eagles could maybe use a running back if they're down that road. Any of the safety. I think uh, Tony Richardson, did he just get cut? Did he get cut? In Baltimore? I, 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 think, uh, I think I saw Baltimore release It would make sense because Baltimore's so deep at safety as is. So that would make some sense. Um T.Y. McGill was one just because he had a really good preseason, but it seemed like he's going to go on injured reserve instead. So was he really cut? I feel Maybe like the Eagles are pretty deep at, at tackle, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, yeah that, they wouldn't get hit. But I'm still looking at a couple guys. You know, let's see what running backs get cut. Um, you know, could the Eagles be interested in Kenyon Drake when he eventually gets cut? Um could Alexander Madison be on the trade block? Uh, that, that's one person that maybe the Eagles are interested in. And I'm sure the Vikings will want a third or fourth round pick for him because if they keep him and he signs somewhere else, they're going to get a compensatory third or fourth anyway. So that might be what it takes to get a guy like Alexander Madison. Yeah, you, you bring up running back, Jeff. And, you know, we talked to a good a good bit about that position here throughout the show thus far. How are you feeling about that position? Just that position on the depth chart because Miles Sanders is just such a, a question mark, someone I can't rely on, just my opinion. Uh, I like Boston Scott, but he's just a guy that you have on uh, on your depth chart, not a 1A, obviously, and we don't know about Gainwell. So is it enough? You know, I'm, I'm arrogant and bullish when it comes to the Eagles running backs, and definitely they're a lot better with Miles Sanders and selfie, but I'm still convinced – Jeff Kerr, Mike Gill, and Ryan Rothstein can get three yards behind that offensive line. So I'm pretty convinced the Eagles can put anybody back there and they're going to get yards. So do they just rely on the three they have? I think they should go get somebody else just for running back death because 
Scott and Gainwell, I don't think it can necessarily carry the load. I think they can do it for a week or two, but can you ask them to do it five or six weeks and Miles Sanders get seriously hurt? That's where I think they should go after a running back. Yeah, I, I look at this team, and we all want Jalen Hurts and hope and assume Jalen Hurts is going to evolve as a passer at the quarterback position, but this team still needs to have a heavy dose of the run game uh, you know, in their identity, in their week-to-week game plan. Uh, and if you don't have you know, the right running back to be back there with Jalen Hurts, then that's going to affect the entire offense. So I understand the offensive line is great, but uh, for me, I just hope they're able to upgrade uh, at that position. I don't know what the best-case scenario would be. But here's the, the other fear, too. The Eagles probably don't want Jalen Hurts running as much as he does, but yet he might have to just because yeah. they don't have Miles Sanders. And I, I think Jalen Hurts was at his best when – Austin Scott and Kenny Gainwell were in there because he was doing the read option and running the football. And I think he's even more lethal when Miles Sanders is in there because Sanders can break a big play and so can hurt. So it's something you have to consider, at least bringing somebody in there. I don't care if it's just a fringe starter or a true number two. I think it would definitely help this team. Uh, by the way, I said Tony Richardson, but Tony Jefferson is the uh, safety hey, that I meant. Tony Jefferson is, has Tony been Richardson released. Was fullback, wasn't he? Yes, yes, yes. Tony <laughs> Jefferson is the safety uh, in Baltimore, and they drafted a safety in the first round, and I guess that kind of squeezed him out. But uh, definitely, we all thought that uh, Clark could be the one, uh, Chuck Clark would be the one that they got like released him. out there. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, obviously, tomorrow at 4 o'clock, there's going to be a lot of uh, interesting decisions there. We talked about it this morning on Good Morning NFC East. Uh, what kind of effect does losing uh, Tyron Smith, what does it mean for that Cowboys team? I mean, it's huge. I mean, we were talking about this this morning, right? Like, you know, is it going to be Tyler Smith at left tackle? Is that who they want to go with? I mean, Jerry Jones said that, or I think it was Stephen Jones today, said that they're going to go in-house. So I'm thinking, okay, you move Tyler Smith over to left tackle where he's ready or not. It's trial by fire. He's going to be the future left tackle anyway. I don't think his lateral movement's that great. I don't think it's, he's great in pass protection. Gets a lot of penalties. So I'm a little concerned there. Connor McGovern can play left guard. That's probably the best situation right now. Do you want to get Jason Peters? Do you want to get Nate Solder? Do you want to try and trade for Isaiah Wynn? I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like the Cowboys really want to go that route. Jeff, you got um, you know the Giants, and we saw them the other night, last night against the Jets. We're looking inside the NFC East, and uh, – I think we both did, uh, agreed this morning that that team is taking a step in the right direction, but are they ready to be a factor this year? They're that team that you like what they're building, you like what they're doing, but the product on the field is going to be terrible. So you just kind of got to, uh, you know, just take the punches this year. Um, you know, I'm still convinced they don't have anybody to throw to. Like Daniel Jones, Kenny Galladay's been a bust, uh, and that's putting it nicely. He's been terrible. Kadarius Tony can't stay on the field. He's been on the sidelines during camp more than on the field because of his injuries. Um, Sterling Shepard's going to open the year on the pup list. Colin Johnson got hurt last week. He looked like he was going to be promising. So they're trying to trade Darius Slayton, which I think is a major mistake right now just based on their, their passing game. It's there, Is their offense really going to be Saquon Barkley in a bad offensive line? I mean, it could be really brutal this year for the Giants. I think the line's getting better, though, right? I mean, they're finally oh, getting they're taking, better. It's, they're taking like, some steps. Thomas yeah. was a disaster two years ago. He was much better last year. I mean, maybe the Giants can run that quarterback sneak that, um, what, what was it, third and nine or whatever they tried to do, the, the old 1940s football. Let's just push the ball forward. <laughs> well, 
with Daniel Jones pushing the ball forward is easier said than done, I guess. <laughs> it might just take an age. I, I yeah. mean, the guy did once trip, it, and he had a sure touchdown at the link. Yeah. <laughs> and they would have won that game. Uh, yeah, and then you got Washington. Um, you know, I think you and I both agreed this morning that we, we both think they're kind of a sleeper in that division. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, Mike, when I was done, I was reading our commenters, and they were saying, well, they still have Carson Wentz. And we were trying to tell them, well, yeah, they do, but Carson Wentz is a heck of a lot better than what they had. It, it was Taylor Heineke. It was Josh Johnson. Uh, Alex Smith has probably been their best quarterback since Kirk Cousins left, and he got hurt, and then it was just a carousel of people. And now at least you have a stability there. And Terry McLaurin has a quarterback that can get in the ball. Sam Curtis Samuel is going to be healthy. Um, you know, Danny Brown's going to be their number four receiver. I, I think people are overlooking this team and how dangerous they can be in the passing game. And Carson Wentz just has to get the intricacies right of football. If he can do that, they can win nine games. Staying in the division, of course, Jeff. I, I want your thoughts on the Cowboys for a second. Uh, and I'm not implying that I think the Cowboys are going to be great this season. Uh, we all hate the Cowboys with our with our Eagles fan in us but there's a lot of talk about them taking a step back and they lose amari cooper they lose a key uh, guy on the line i get all of that this is still a very lethal offense particularly from last year they still have the best quarterback in the division uh what's your take and opinion on the cowboys i think the offense is still gonna be good i just think Dak's gonna get hit a lot because now he's losing three of his top five offensive linemen from last year you know when you lose um, Layal Collins, who was solid at right tackle for them, and you had to let him go because you're paying Ezekiel Elliott. But you lose uh, Connor Williams. I think that's a big – you're losing your whole left side of the offensive line right now. I mean, they're like – if Zach Martin gets hurt, you might as well forget it with them. I, I think they were banking on Tyron Smith to be completely healthy, but C.D. Lamb's still a stud. You're going to get Michael Gallup back sooner rather than later. Dalton Schultz is a very underrated tight end. They're still good at running back with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, and you still have the best quarterback in the division, Dak Prescott. This offense is going to score points, but I just think Dak's going to get hit a lot more, and I don't think they're going to score as many touchdowns as they did last year. All right, Jeff Kerr, tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Good morning, NFC East on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. And uh, we'll be back on Wednesday with Jeff as we take a look at all the cutdowns and as all these teams start to put their roster together for week one, which starts September 11th is the first Sunday. Of course, that Thursday night is the first game of the NFL season. And you can hear that game right here on 97.3 ESPN. All right, Jeff Kerr, get some sleep, man. I'm going to try to, Mike. Uh, tonight's the first night of bowling season, but I also <laughs> got to remember here, too, it's also, um, I, what is it, Wednesday at 12, I think, is when you can claim people on waivers. And claim, that, yes. that's when I go back to work. So I, I'm, cool. I'm kind of curious to see who the Eagles claim. Yes, we will be keeping our eyes on that and talking about it Wednesday night with Jeff. Thanks, bud. Yep, sounds great. Thanks for having me on, All guys. Right, Jeff Kerr is brought to you by... BMW of Atlantic City, closer than you think. Shop their entire new inventory and take advantage of their exceptional offers online anytime at BMWAtlanticCity.com. All right, we'll wrap up the show. A couple better bets, a couple thoughts, a couple things to finish up here at the Gallery Bar Book and Games at Ocean Casino Resort in Atlantic City. Now, back to... Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. 
with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. With Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN, South Jersey's sports leader. All right, we'll get ready to wrap up the show. Uh, we asked you before the hour, during the hour, I should say, uh, what athlete is the biggest X factor in Philly right now for their team? Yes, we did. And uh, there's a lot of good options. There MG. is. And I think there's a clear one. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Is he playing right now? Uh, No. Ooh. <laughs> there's only one team playing right now. Oh, exactly. I was seeing if it was a fill. I-, I got James Harden. That's mine. I think James Harden's a good one. <laughs> yeah, is that yours? Got to be. Okay. I mean, if he's the James Harden you got last year, not good enough. If he's a James Harden that we've seen someplace else at another time, fine. Somewhere in the middle. Like, just bet. Got to be better than the one I had last yeah, year. Better than last year, yeah. and, you know, the Sixers could be something. So I agree with you. Yep. Devontae Smith is another good one. Well, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, of course, is a good one. How about Jordan Davis? Jordan Davis How is a good How he could one. change the way they call their defense. Absolutely. If he's just a menace and just getting into the opponent's backfield nonstop, then this defense could be a force. Absolutely. It could be um, the entire way they play and call defense could be different because of him. Do you think there's a, a strong chance of that happening? Yeah. All right. I hope I'm so. I'm very excited to see Hassan Redick. Me too. Me too. I feel like he has not been talked about enough at all. Just, just tell him to go get him. Go get the QB. Every play. Do it. He's a beast, man. There's a lot of X-Factor players. Do the Flyers even have one? <laughs> no, they don't. Absolutely uh, are not. Are we resigned to the fact that they're going to be really bad? I mean, what else can you be resigned to? They had a lot of injuries last year. I mean, can they bounce back and they surprise at all? I, I certainly won't predict yes. Me neither. <laughs> Dumpster fire. Um, it's hard for baseball. I mean, the Phillies just ripped off a, a, a five weeks without Bryce Harper. Yeah. Where know. they were better without him than they were with him. <laughs> right. But it's not a bad thing he's back. That's for that's for sure. Uh, September, I mean, you can go. Aaron Nola, it's a pretty good one. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> right, especially with this Wheeler thing. I know he's going to be back soon. But I still. would I would say a big X factor for them would be getting a healthy Sir Anthony Dominguez back. That's that's another good one. Yeah. Bold what about Castellanos? Dominguez. Yeah, Castellanos. Can JT keep this up? Right, the the new and improved JT. Alec Bohm. Alec Bohm's a good one. How about Noah Syndergaard? I know he's not a huge role on this team, but he's still getting starts. He needs to be... Good enough. Well, and there's some reports that they could get Eflin back. And I don't think that he would be in the starting rotation, but what if you added him to your bullpen? That'd make me feel better about the bullpen. So uh, we could have some more uh, conversation on that throughout the week. I'm Mike Gill. This is the Sports Bastion. Uh, thanks to Ryan Rothstein. Thanks, man. That was good. That was fun. It's been that a lot fast. of fun. Yeah, that was... Um, you can check out the uh, Philadelphia CityCast five days a week. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker. <laughs> I'm back tomorrow. Josh has game night up next. Rob Motti will join him to talk a little NFL in about 25 minutes.